We're coming out of the closet and onto the silver screen. Welcome to Gays Only Cinema, the podcast where every movie we discuss is rated G for gay. I'm your host, Teddy. And I'm your host, Saya. And today, uh, I'm actually taking a step back and being the one who gets to react to the film instead of the one describing it, because we're watching a Danish movie this time. Yeah, and it's one I've watched a lot of times. Um... It's called uh, In Court in Lang. I think the title it got for its English release, I think it was only released in the United Kingdom, uh, was Shake It All About, which is not at all the original title, but the original title is a play on like a nursery rhyme. It, like in, in context, it's actually like a dick joke, but yeah, I understand uh, yeah. why they couldn't translate that directly. Yeah, that um, that makes sense because "shake it all about" is also kind of a reference to a nursery rhyme, just a different uh, one. It's the um, I don't know if you know the hokey pokey. I've heard that term, so it's but like I this, don't know what it means. <laughs> it's this like children's song and like game, like dance thing, kind uh, of where you're like you put your left hand in, you put your left hand out, you put your left oh, hand in, right, and right, you right, shake right, it all yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have heard yeah. this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I assume that's the reference they're making, and I yeah, can, yeah. I, I can see the relevance of it because a, a bit of a spoiler here, but the primary plot involves like an affair, so mm. I can I can see how it's kind of like oh you're they're shaking all about the relationships they're shaking yeah, the relationships exactly. all about you know. And the Danish title like literally translated means uh, a short one, a long one, which. Ah. Yeah, is is a, a genitalia joke in context because that, he's sleeping with a man and with a woman, basically. That so. does make sense. Yeah. Also, I can understand why they would not want to make it a that kind of a joke for the English title. <laughs> would that be too saucy? Yeah, I I I noticed this. One of the things that stood out to me watching this movie is just how more upfront and straightforward. Like, the Danish characters are discussing sex, like, in really, like, blatant terms than I think <laughs> any English-speaking yeah. cultures are. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely, like, a, a culture shock sort of thing for me sometimes. Like, yeah. the euphemistic way it's spoken about. Yeah. No, but it's funny, because I think in a lot of American movies, they show more sex. Like, in this movie, right. they didn't show that much. But they did talk about sex constantly and in very yeah, clear yeah. terms, which is jarring as a, as an American <laughs> viewer. <laughs> I mean, this movie, I checked, it only has, like, a seven-year-old and up rating. Wow. Yeah, that would not be the case in America. No. This would be, like, R, unrated, uncut. <laughs> The but I mean, I think that's because, like, I think if it had, like, actual sex on screen, it would have a higher rating. But if they're just talking about it, it's like, hey, whatever, uh, kids have to learn sometime, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Americans, a lot of Americans do not think kids should learn sometime ever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I get the impression. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I was really curious about your reaction to this movie. I thought I thought it was really interesting in a lot of ways. I kind of just felt sorry for like all of the characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even the main guy who keeps doing all of this bad stuff and like I mean he's played, people. He's played by Mass Mikkelsen and it's one of Mass Mikkelsen's like Danish roles from the two thousands, so he's just like endearingly awkward. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, he, he just keeps doing bad shit and being incompetent, but you sort of can't hate him because he's just endearingly incompetent. Well, and like I said, I like I kind of felt bad for him, and we can get into this more later, like as we get into the plot yeah, of the yeah. film. But, but like, I feel like uh, Mass Mickelson does a good job of showing, like, subtly sort of more layers to the character mm. than even necessarily the script gives him. Yeah, like the, yeah, yeah. The script itself wouldn't necessarily make him very sympathetic, but through the acting, he manages to like uh, inject, I think, more motivation than just the strictly the mm. writing gives him. For sure, and it's also interesting because I wasn't nearly as hard on this movie, uh, like rewatching it this time around, as I used to be, uh, because it has a. You know, it has some pretty biphobic elements, and I used to be a lot more harsh about my interpretation of those elements than I was this time around, which is possibly just an age thing. Like, maybe I just see more layers of it now. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I thought it was interesting that I my reaction wasn't the same this time. Yeah, that's definitely understandable. And I, I wonder, because I, I was kind of the same with Latter Days that we discussed mm. last time. And I wonder if that's partially also just because when you're rewatching a movie you're already familiar with, it's like you already know what to expect. So yeah. it's kind of easier to like be like, okay, well, I know these parts are bad, but let's look mm -hmm. at what other parts are good too, because you're not just feeling like on edge or defensive being like, yeah, how yeah, yeah. bad is it going to be? Like uh, just having to deal with the initial blow of the bad parts of yeah. it, you know, like. <laughs> And I also, like, actually, the very first time I watched it, I wasn't, I didn't really notice it so much. Uh, I only really noticed when, thinking about it in the aftermath of having watched it. So then when I watched it again after that, I was very harsh on it because then I, like, like I felt like I had realized the secret about it, right? Ah, uh, uh, yeah. But again, coming back now and being more, well, I know these elements are there and I know they're sort of bad, but, you know, looking at the whole thing more uh, objectively maybe uh, gives a different perspective. For sure, for sure. Um, this this movie, I don't know if it's available much of anywhere. Um, I think you might be able to find it on Amazon, like a disc that you could purchase <laughs> in English. Yeah. yeah, unfortunately, it's it's kind of hard to 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 find. But it, but I think it is definitely a really interesting film. You know, in the history of you know, gay cinema, especially mm. with the fact that it's an early Mads Mikkelsen role and he's like a big famous actor now and he yeah. does like all these really serious roles now and here he is in kind of a goofy role, but, you know. To, to be clear, this is a very normal role for him in Denmark, especially at the time. Like he played yeah, a lot yeah. of roles like this before he had any international success. Uh, yeah, it, it, it only really stands out in retrospect given yeah, the yeah. <laughs> career he's built since then, really then. I mean, that's like the like the joke about him actually having played a cannibal before in a Danish movie. Uh, oh, really? Danish comedy, actually. He he played a uh, yeah, sort of incompetent, sort of pathetic 
uh, cannibal, which is pretty funny in contrast with uh, Hannibal Lecter. That is really hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> which is all, it's that's actually a really funny movie as well. Um, but yeah, uh, I, 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 you know, I have pretty complicated feelings about this movie. I really like it, and but then at, at the same time, I'm also like, like oh god. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I found it kind of hard to watch a lot of the mm. for a lot of it, just because of almost of how bad I felt for everyone. I'm like, this is just like <laughs> depressing for everyone involved. <laughs> <laughs> Right, yeah. But I, you, you, I, there's a lot of people you kind of wanted to yell at. Oh yeah, I don't for know. sure. But yeah, I, I did. I really liked the ending. So yeah, and I think I probably would also have more fun watching it a second time because again, you don't really have to like be like, oh, what terrible thing is he gonna do next? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. You could just like sort of lay back while, as when you don't know, you're like, oh my god, what's he doing? Exactly. What's happening now? Exactly. But if you can, know can exactly, this get worse? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I know the terrible thing he's going to do next. I don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny, like, the plot of this movie sort of reminds me of, like, soap opera plots. But it's also, oh, yeah. like, a dramatic movie. Like, a, I mean, it's, like, dramedy, maybe. But it's, like, I mean, it's not a soap, right? It's it's a serious movie to some extent. And it's just like, funny seeing a plot that would have made more sense in a soap context in this movie. Oh, yeah, there's definitely a lot of plot points that are very soapy. Yeah, but yeah, this but, movie is from uh, 2001. To, yeah, yeah, that that definitely also gives it some context, especially yeah, yeah, with yeah. the with the biphobic elements and stuff. Oh, yeah, <laughs> which again and aren't I, great, but yeah, that's something as a that's somewhat more understandable in terms of the times. Uh, and you know, I'm 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 somewhat more willing to see them as. You know, an, an unfortunate element of trying to do something about fluid sexuality. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't read it as... Like, I used to read it as very intentional, uh, because of some elements I'll get into in the, in the plot synopsis. But I don't I, I don't really see it as that intentional anymore. Yeah, I feel like uh, if you view it as sort of a very specific story about a specific mm. person, like, you can see how, like, a movie with a very similar plot could be actually not really very biphobic at all. Yeah. But the the issue is that they don't have really any other bisexual characters and they don't have anything to like contradict that the plot of the movie is trying to say that all bisexuals are uh, greedy and cheat on their partners. Yeah. Like, and I, I mean, as we'll get into in the plot, there's also the problem of them laying out a metaphor very early that's, feels like it's how you're supposed to interpret the movie right there like, it's like they're telling you how to interpret it and that interpretation is pretty biphobic yeah definitely but uh, one thing that i found unexpected when i watched this because you've told me about that metaphor before mm -hmm. uh ha having now watched the movie like after that point i feel like the rest of the film doesn't necessarily actually support that reading at least not that mm. simplistically yeah, and, and that's maybe what I realized this time around, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that well, maybe it's not like literally supposed to be how you interpret it. Yeah, exactly. Well, should we uh, do the spoiler break and start getting into the synopsis? Yeah, let's let's go. Okay. Um, if if you want to try to track down the film yourself, which <laughs> might be 
slightly difficult. You can hop off now and go try to look uh go try to look for it, but otherwise we are getting into spoilers now. Yeah. Okay. Um so the main couple are called uh, Jakob and Jørgen. Um, and they're hosting a bird- birthday party for Jakob. Uh, and it's we see all their friends coming in. Uh, and we're like sort of introduced to them and they're like figures in the background throughout the whole movie. Uh, so I'll just like quickly go through a few of them. Okay. We have uh, this somewhat older woman uh, who's like the mom friend and she calls them like, hey, can I help with anything? And then throughout the party she's even the one who's like opening the door and letting guests in um then we have uh Adrian and Pelle who are another gay couple uh seem like they really like antiques and they're just like a somewhat stereotypical like gay couple they're pretty fun um, one of them has the best mustache it's like yes. this really this curly mustache yeah yeah <laughs> very cute yeah <laughs> I don't, like very like this this being 2001 i also feel like it's pretty 90s <laughs> mustache oh yeah definitely uh then we have two lesbians and i'm not sure if they're a couple or not but we have like the loud one and then we have the somewhat more refined find one i guess um i, I kind of got the impression have... over the course of the film that they might be like an open couple yeah that would be my guess that, yeah if... that's that's my guess yeah but it's not made clear, really. No, uh, not really. They're, they're close. We know they're close. And they're yes. both lesbians. So, I yes. mean, I'm sure they have fun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> then there's Frederick, who's like the, the camp guy, I guess. Uh, and actually, he's played by an actor who's really well known for... I, I, I don't know if he's... I don't think I've seen a, seen him like... Like, I've only seen him act. So I don't know if he's like this in real life as well. But he's always like this camp gay kind of character. And he is gay in real life, so I don't know. Um, but yeah, he's he's uh, uh, Jan's uh, best friend. Then we have um, Jakob's co-worker, who's like a stereotypical fuckboy. And he's like straight, he's always showing up with some way too young girl. Um, yeah, he's gross. Yeah, <laughs> he's pretty gross. I feel like... Also, though, this movie was, I think, made at a time where people were less grossed out by, like, dating 18-year-olds, I guess. But, I mean, not that it wasn't gross, but I think the context is slightly different. Uh, yeah, the the movie itself doesn't seem to see it as that gross. It seems no, to see exactly. it as, like, mildly kind of, like... Yeah, like, I, I like, roll wordy, basically. Yeah, like, goofy more than yeah. creepy, but... yeah. Um, and then we have uh, Jan's brother Tom, who's a, a pilot and uh, like t- like always away uh, on like flying uh, on his job. Uh, and his uh, girlfriend uh, Caroline, who's always taking care of his kid, and we see her like t- taking care of this kid and waiting to hand him over to his uh, mother. Um, but she's like sort of drunk, so she's like, "Okay, I'll find somewhere else to put this kid before I go to the party." And then uh, Jakob's boss also shows up, and he's like, "Immediate, like, are you guys gay too?" To uh, Adrian and Pelle, which was pretty funny. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I feel like this this movie has a lot of good moments of like making fun of casual homophobia. 
Yeah, definitely. And also, I think a lot of good moments of just, you know, gay people being really casual about their identities and stuff in funny ways. Like yeah. when like when Jorgen first gets home at the very beginning of the movie when he's like, honey, I'm homo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, that. those moments are why I love this movie, even though I have my issues with it as well, you know? Yeah, it's kind of nice that it's so straightforward about all of that stuff and like really yeah. open about it. When a lot of, I think, especially American movies would be like, talk around that kind of stuff rather than being that direct about it right so, exactly kind of the and same think, as with just sex in general people are just like oh, <laughs> just don't just don't say the words yeah i mean danish culture is pretty direct so i think that helps as well certainly that makes sense yeah and i also and like that's also one of the things right that there are other game uh, like danish movies with with gay characters but not that many really um like most of them are pretty old, and I have I haven't seen them, so I can't say if they're like good or not. But I would guess like a game movie made in the like seventies is like maybe not the same kind of thing as this, right? Oh yeah, true. Um, it seems like a lot of them were made around the time when uh, like gay liberation was happening, and yeah, just before Denmark got like registered partnership and stuff. Anyway, that's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, one day we'll still we'll still have to watch that weird American Danish film that I've watched. Oh right, the, oh right. Yeah, I always forget about it. Yeah, yeah, that's set in Copenhagen about a CIA agent. It's it's weird. <laughs> it's like three different movies in one movie, <laughs> but we'll, we'll watch it eventually, and then we can get into how just how weird that movie is. But yeah, I, I look forward been, to that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It seems to have been made by Americans and Danish people, so it's like, yeah. Anyway, yeah. That's that's a preview for the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So it has this very like found family kind of feel, like with all the, the like most of them being gay and like all the friends showing up. Uh, but definitely. Uh, then once all the guests have shown up, uh, Jakob drags Jaren away uh, and like hides in like a closet and stuff. And holds like this really long pause, and then like, oh, will you marry me? And it's you know, it's pretty. He doesn't say it, but it's pretty clear from his reaction that he's like, eh, like that he wants to, right? Uh, yeah, I I thought this proposal was really sweet. Yeah, like yeah, it's a really cute scene. There's clearly some symbolism there with the fact that he has to get into a closet before mm -hmm, he can say mm -hmm, it. Mm -hmm, but but sure. like just the delivery of the line is just like. It's just heartbreakingly sweet. It's just like yeah. so soft and and it's just I liked it. Mesmerson <laughs> <laughs> is a good actor, I will say. He's a good actor. Yeah. Uh but yeah, we all just see all of these guests like like randomly uh socializing. Like Frederick the camp guy is talking about this uh this closeted guy he's seeing who's married to a woman and talking about how he practically has to like get dressed up in drag uh, before like when driving around with him so people won't know uh, is, this the, is this the sailor yeah he's yeah sailor is what yeah he always him. refers to him as the sailor <laughs> yeah uh, they, i don't remember how they translate this joke but there's a joke in here about them uh driving around in the dunes which in danish sounds a lot like the danish word for clitoris uh, uh. So that's a joke about that, that the lesbians have a lot of fun with. 
That makes sense now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it, it it was weirdly translated. Yeah. I'm sure it's not an easy joke to translate. No, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, once everyone's uh, like settled in, they they uh, Jan and uh, Jakob are back in the party. Uh, Jan gets up to hold, hold this like birthday speech, and he holds the speech where he talks about how, as a kid, uh, Jakob really liked to uh, go horseback riding, um, and his mom offered to buy him a horse. So they went to to the stud farm. Uh, and he was allowed to choose which horse he wanted. And he was really enamored with both a male horse and a female horse. And when his mom asked which, which horse he wanted, he said that he wanted both of them. And he ended up getting both of them. And this is like the metaphor that we've been talking about. This metaphor with like being unable to choose between something male and something female and being so greedy that you just want both of them. Which is what I mean when I say that the movie is kind of encouraging you to to interpret the coming events in that way. Although I like as we discussed, I am a bit more willing to see it in a in a bit of different way now than I used to be. But yeah, it's just this whole thing. Well, Jakob's always got exactly what he wanted, uh, and now he wants me. Uh, and yes, I will marry you. And it's you know <laughs> this mix of like this kind of gross metaphor but then it's also really sweet because he's accepting his proposal uh yeah yeah at this point at this point in the movie their whole relationship just seems super sweet like yeah they just seem to really care about each other and like the you can tell a lot of the side characters feel the same way about them because of Mm. how the side characters respond to the affair later (laughs) yeah (laughs) but uh Everyone's like, oh, they're such a good couple. And then, like, everyone is super excited that getting married. And yeah. Yeah. The yeah, party just yeah, that, gets lit. But yeah, like you were saying, that metaphor is very clearly a direct, like, oh, especially because, like, one of the horses he wanted was male and one was female. Like, exactly. It seems like a very direct uh, metaphor for, like, yeah. Yeah, like calling attention to that fact. Yeah. Yeah, but. But yeah, like you said, we'll get more into the, how that actually plays out in the film. Yeah, yeah, because I don't think it, it like as we said, plays out exactly like to the letter of that metaphor. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, everyone gets super drunk at this point. Like it's uh, like they're all just getting lit. It's this great party, um, and uh, Caroline especially uh, gets really drunk. This is uh, the girlfriend of uh, Jan's brother. So she goes to the bathroom to to get some water. Maybe like seems like she doesn't know if she's going to throw up or not. Maybe. Um, yeah, I uh, got that then, impression. Yeah. Uh, so Jakob follows her out there to help her out or whatever, and they joke around a bit. Um, I actually noticed that the movie translates what like she, she says, "Oh, I'm so happy you're getting married. We're going to be sisters-in-law." But what she actually says is like she says brothers-in-law with a female ending, which is what was uh-huh. funny. Yeah. That is interesting. Yeah. So it's like this yeah, mix of genders. Um so yeah, they they just like casually kiss like the way friends sometimes do with a drunk. Uh but then they're both like, oh, wait a minute actually, this was hot, and then it just begins kissing for real. Um yeah. <laughs> Unfortunate. Uh, yep. <laughs> Especially because then Frederick shows up uh with like a like a camera, like an instant camera. I don't know. Um, 
and takes a picture like before he realizes what's happening. Just like, oh, I'm having fun at a party. I'm taking pictures. And then he realizes like, oh, oh no. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> like sort of like is really angry at Caroline and uh, gives Jakob the picture and is just like, oh no, what's going on? Uh, but then back at the party, everyone's starting to go home at this point, uh, and no one else knows what's happened. Um, I did. I did think it was pretty funny how instantaneously they got caught at it, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, if this had been all that's happened, it wouldn't matter, right? Like a drunk kiss, whatever. Yeah, it's not like, a big deal at this point. Exactly. Um, but yeah, uh, so the next morning, uh, Jan and Jakob like sitting at the breakfast table a bit like worn out for the from the party, uh, and Jan tells Jakob that his brother called him, and Jakob is me like, oh no, does he know something? Um, but it's just like, yeah. oh no, he he just calls to say thank you for the party. Uh, it's like, why are you this? Like always at this point, he's very paranoid about it. He's so um, paranoid in a way that makes him look so much more guilty. <laughs> exactly. He's not good at this. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Jan tries to talk about like maybe plans for the wedding, but Jakob's like super distracted and he's just like, what? No, it's just like thinking and not at all listening. And then uh, later in the day, they're at, uh, at dinner with uh, Jakob's parents, uh, maybe like a birthday dinner because it was his birthday or something. Um and yeah, you, you get the like impression that the mother is not super excited about the two of them getting married. Like there's nothing explicit. She's just not just like not interested in the marriage plans at all, which is a, yeah. like, a, a continuing theme. Uh, there's definitely some subtle homophobia coming from Jakob's parents. Like there's a clear sense that they like support him tentatively, but yeah. they would much prefer if he wasn't with a man you know yeah yeah i mean mostly the mother i don't see the, the dad really coming like he's sort of passive the whole movie from what that's I remember. true yeah uh there's also this thing about her trying to stop drinking or something and it's a subplot i never really understood what if there's a point to it does it feels like it's trying to imply something in the scene and i don't get what it's trying to imply at all the the impression i got was just that i guess at some point she was problematically alcoholic but other than that like it does seem like they're all kind of alluding to specific events that have happened in the past but that it never explains or tells the audience exactly I'm, I'm like i feel like there's something deeper here i should get from from him like significantly turning over a key uh, chain or something yeah but i don't know what it's about i know she's yeah. she's trying to, like she's you know, she stopped drinking at some point, and that's a thing. But I don't know what the rest of this is. <laughs> yeah, who knows? But it definitely seems like there's some tension with his parents. For sure. Anyway, uh, then uh, we see uh, Jakob at his work, and he's still, like, super distracted. Like, he's this straight uh, fuckboy co-worker is joking around and talking about Caroline being sexy, and he's a bit annoyed about, like, the way he's talking about her. Uh but yeah, mostly he's just still distracted, clearly thinking about this kiss uh, and not yeah, being able to put it out of his mind. Then we go to Caroline, who's talking to some, 
this friend is super weird. She's like, oh, I shouldn't you have a child too? I have this child. And giving birth almost felt like an orgasm. It's like, what? Yeah, that is so weird. It seems like this entire, this character exists just to be like weirdly obsessed with motherhood. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she does feel like, I mean, it's also a class thing. Like, she definitely feels like a caricature of, like, a certain type of our class woman to me. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I don't know if that comes through at all, uh, that she seems, like, bougie. Uh, I didn't notice that, but I can, now that you point it out, I can see it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she definitely brought some specific imagery to my mind, which is probably, like, culturally does a lot of things. Uh, but, yeah, she's, like... I mean, the, the, the correct point she does have is that um, Carolina has pr- basically become the primary caretaker of her stepson at this point because the like her her boyfriend, the dad, uh, Jan's brother is like never home. He's always either out flying or he's on standby, so he can't like be alone with the son. Uh, and she's like, well, you shouldn't be the primary caretaker of this kid when you're not like they're not married, right? So. <laughs> It's kind of Honestly, weird. I was so confused by that whole relationship the entire mm. time I was watching this. Now that you explained that, like, he's basically her stepson, I'm like, oh, okay. Because there were parts I could not tell. I kept going back and forth. I'm like, is he her son or is he not? Oh. And, like, the fact that they're not married, like, I was unclear on that, too. Because I guess oh, it's... Okay. I guess it's so much less common in an American context for a couple to live together and have a kid and not be married. Like, even if one of them is not the biological son of one of them, like, like if they have kids in the house, you'd expect them to be married. So, like, huh. I was just confused by that whole thing <laughs> for most of the film. I was like, <laughs> but yeah, wow. now, now that you explain all those relationships, I'm like, okay, a lot okay. of this makes more sense now. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting that that didn't, like, because I was never confused about that at all. Um, like at but, the at the beginning, I felt like it made it. I was like, okay, so this isn't her son, but she's babysitting him. But she wait, no, she he is her son. I was so confused. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like she's in a like long term relationship with the dad, so it's like through him, she's also short of the new mom. But yeah, yeah, that that makes a lot more sense now. Yeah, yeah. it just would be. It's just unexpected in an American cultural context to have people be in a long-term relationship where one of them is now the caregiver to the other one's child and stuff where they're not married. So right. that's, I think that's a lot of where the confusion was coming from for me. Yeah. I mean, not being married is a lot more common in Danish culture, especially because she mentions being, uh, like, I'm not sure if she's doing a PhD or a master's degree or something. She mentions uh, having to work on a thesis uh so she's like an university student right so it it's semi-common i would say for for like uh especially with with um what's the word uh divorced men with uh like single fathers like having a somewhat younger girlfriend uh and they're not married but she's like takes on some parenting duties like that's not an unusual at all Okay. That yeah. That that makes sense now. I'm on. I'm on board now. (laughs) Okay. But yeah, this uh, friend uh, friend of hers 
is like rightly points out that like she's the primary caretaker at this point, and that's maybe like that's maybe kind of shitty. Uh, like regardless of how much he likes the kid, right? Yeah, for uh, sure. So we like kind of get spelled out that okay, there's some problems in this relationship regarding how much he works. Um, Especially because I feel like throughout the film they make an emphasis on it a lot of yeah. Uh, Carolyn, like, trying to connect with her boyfriend and stuff, and him always being like, oh, I have to go fly a plane somewhere. Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, during this this uh, meetup with her friends, she gets a phone call, uh, and uh, Jakob uh, asks her to, to meet up. And uh, they meet up, like... In an area that I'm pretty sure, like he, like Jakob makes this excuse. Oh, I was just in the area, but the place they meet up is not really somewhere you would just be in the area of at the time. I think that makes sense. Like, yeah, I got that impression. Yeah, um, it's where I think it's where the upper house is today, but the upper house would not have been there back then. Um, okay. Yeah, I couldn't figure out what it was implying that like the meeting choice, the place of meeting meant. Like, but clearly it was meant there was something that it meant. It wasn't just any place, but... Yeah, I think it was just, like, out of the way of other people. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah, it was like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I was just super drunk and happy and it didn't mean anything. And Carolina jokes about having told uh, her boyfriend, but she hasn't. So again, we know at this point that the only people who know are Jakob, Karoline, and Frederik. It's also like <laughs> when they when they say goodbye to each other, uh, Jakob starts walking away from his own car, which is like exactly the sort of character I associate Mess Mikkelsen with in a, in a Danish movie. That bit did make me laugh a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Also, just something that I have to point out about Mass Mickelson's character, because I wrote this in my notes. I didn't take that many notes this time, since I'm not the one leading yeah. the discussion. But one of the things I did write in my notes is, Mass hair looks so bad. It's so <laughs> Right, yeah, it's not good. It's not good. It's, it's, it's not even like, that hairstyle might even look fine on a different man, but it does not work for Mass Mickelson at it's, all. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is about. It doesn't really suit his face, I guess. Yeah, it 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 really doesn't match his face at all. It's it's weird. Although although in that cannibal Danish cannibal movie I was talking about, he has a like male pattern baldness, so it's way worse in that movie if you want to see bad Mass Mickelson uh, uh, hair. That does sound so. hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> like there's so like there's a lot of Danish movies where he's not like really supposed to be that attractive. So it was so funny to me when he became like the new Tumblr, uh, like hot, hot uh, middle aged guy. Like it was just like yeah. what? I mean, he's I like guess. a he's like a sex symbol now, which is funny. I mean. He- I mean, he was a bit when I was a child as well. For but like I associate that with like moms who thought he was hot, not yeah, like teenagers. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, young people these days are into dilfs. I don't know. I, I mean, don't know the, what to tell it, you. But I don't. I, I'm into dilfs, but I'm not into mass makers. I don't. Okay. Anyway, it's fine. <laughs> this is not important. <laughs> <laughs> we just like see the characters living their lives a bit to see time passing and we find out that uh, Jan is like a, I think he's a guidance counselor at 
it's not a, I mean, it's sort of equivalent to a high school. Uh, the students would be between 16 and 18, 19. Uh, and this was actually filmed at the school I went to, which is pretty funny for me. Oh, that um, is that is funny. Yeah. Uh, so he has this like young guy, this young student who's uh, asking a lot of questions that are clearly just like sort of fake questions. Uh, so he can be there and, and observe him. And it's, you know, pretty clear. He's just like a, a baby gay fascinated with the gay teacher. Uh, while at uh, Jacob's, uh, he's an architect and his firm is like tasked with building a mosque in Copenhagen. It seems like they're implying it would be in a really sensible spot. And I feel like this whole plot is just a joke about all the discoursing about mosques and, you know, how Islamophobic Denmark is, especially, I would guess at the time, the whole mosque thing would have been a big discussion. Uh, yeah, for sure. There's They even bring in a lot of new side characters for that side plot just to be people to be there to complain about them building a mosque. Yeah. What did what did, have they found out about Brussels now? What are Brussels doing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but that side plot is not important at all. It's just like to show that Jakob has a job that he does sometimes, I guess. Yeah, it's like yeah. kind of seems it kind of seems thrown in just because the writers of the movie thought it was funny. It's <laughs> Yeah, um, and to be fair, some of it is funny, some of it is not that funny, but yeah, it works fine. Yeah. Yeah, then we we also see like more scenes of like uh, Caroline and Tom having some relationship problems because of his schedule uh, of like being a pilot and being a bad father, really. Yeah. Uh, and then the next time the whole like crew is together is at the the two lesbians reception for the new restaurant cafe thing, uh, and Jakob is like super awkward about it. Like his co-worker asks him, oh, will Carolina be there? And he's like, how would I know? Uh, and when she shows up, he acts like super surprised. And like it's just like really kind of mean to her all evening because he's awkward about what happened and awkward about being attracted to her. And yeah. And that's a big part of why I, throughout this movie, end up feeling really bad for Caroline as much as I feel bad for Jorgen. Because... Yeah. But... Jakob isn't nice to either of them. <laughs> right, he's not really, he's not a nice person, honestly. Like, he's yeah, not someone he... who wants to hurt people, but he's also, like, seems like someone who doesn't care about whether he's hurting people, uh, except in the moments when they're angry at him. Yeah, definitely. Like, he's just, like, not someone who, who thinks his actions and their consequences through at all. Not like at all. how they make other people feel. Like he, he feels like someone who is spoiled, which I also think the movie implies he, he was. Like his parents are super upper class. Yeah, that if he was able to buy two horses, that's a pretty yeah, strong also indication. The, I mean, also the way his parents dresses and the, the things they talk about, it's pretty clear they're pretty upper class. That's true. Uh, yeah. And yeah, you, you have more sex jokes in this section. Like... Uh, uh, like the co-worker fuckboy sort of jo jokingly flirting with, with Caroline and, and uh, you know, then for like jokes about not understanding uh, straight sex. And, you know, I, I also really like having like these two characters interact with each other in this like, just like fun, casual way. Like, because I feel like a lot of the time in media, you don't really see the sort of fuckboy straight guy interact in a friendly manner with like a campy gay guy 
but like that does happen in real life you know Uh, yeah that was that was fun to see for sure yeah uh, but yeah, Jakob just continues being really awkward at this party, just like, oh, it's getting cold uh, outside these days, isn't it? Which is like the peak f- thing to say when you don't have anything to say. Yep, uh, just talking about the weather. Yeah, uh, and I mean, like, they, yeah, I don't think it's especially Danish, but we like to think that it's especially Danish. Yeah, uh, I think that's yeah. a standard, I think that's a standard like small talk trope probably mm. the world over but maybe yeah. specifically talking about how cold it is could be yeah. a more yeah, like, Danish like, angle on wait, it wait the seasons are changing <laughs> what does this Shocking. happen every year yeah uh, but no uh, uh, Jakob and Jan leaves this reception early and then, then it, we cut to Jakob at his uh, uh, company Christmas party which is like a whole thing in Denmark having a Christmas party slash dinner with uh, your company, uh, like or whatever place you work. Um, I've had been to some with like uh, like just fellow students, um, and okay. it's like they're really well known for being like super, uh, like a lot of drinking and a lot of uh, a lot of cheating, a lot of sexual not super consensual stuff, uh, like a lot of new Me Too scandals in Denmark involve these parties oh uh, wow yeah i mean it's not always like that like but they're known for getting pretty wild is, is all i'll say uh like a, a drunk driving and and you know taking pictures of your butt with the uh scanner or whatever you know and yeah, uh, yeah again sense. a lot of hooking up um so that that that's sort of like the the sort of setting it is right um, but Jakob isn't getting into any of that. He's just like sitting by his computer, by his phone, like fiddling with it, like not really seeming like he can decide whether to call someone up or not. Uh, meanwhile, his coworker is <laughs> again talking really explicitly about sex. He's talking about hooking up with someone at the uh, at the reception, uh, like talking about uh, like he makes this weird joke about oh she's a vegetarian and vegetarians don't suck dick because they don't like meat and like yeah so this is like Jakob's like... reaction is one of the funniest things to me because like it's just such a non-reaction but it's just like okay yeah like, that's the... not feeding it like a joke at all just oh whatever you say I don't I'm not really listening <laughs> that part I actually I found pretty relatable i I think we've all been that person who, like, someone is making inappropriate jokes to, and you're just like, whatever you uh-huh. say, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, yeah. But yeah, um, um, he just, he then gets from this joke in a, like, he's just being annoying, really. And uh, Jakob gets annoyed with him and is like, oh, you're being gross. Uh, and then uh, this guy makes, like, some homophobic comment but it's i mean it's played off more as like oh you're being hypocritical by saying i'm gross when people usually say you're gross or whatever like it's pretty casual comment it's not meant to be super serious about his intentions i don't think like if he's not supposed to be a super homophobic character oh yeah if i remember i think the way he worded it specifically was like oh you know you're uh 
giving me a hard time for having sex the way I do and like the way you have sex was illegal until like <laughs> recently. Yeah, yeah. So Yeah, which it's, is I mean it's not completely true. It it was I think it was decriminalized in the thirties in Denmark actually. But then you of course you had all the things about uh you know, a lot of other things regulating it that, you know, arguably would be a lot more recent, right? But yeah, it's, yeah, it's just... Yeah. I mean, or I, I think, think he's, or I think he yeah. said like your type of sex was illegal for hundreds of years, or or some something, yeah, like, yeah, some yeah. sort of reference I, I, to gay sex being outlawed. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's about the legality. Uh, I think, yeah. Well, yeah, your kind of sex was le- illegal for most of the last century. I think it's something like that. It says. Oh, okay. Yeah, that yes. makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, so Jacob is already annoyed, and then his boss comes up and is like hugging him and kissing him and being like, you know, an affectionate drunk, and uh, starts talking about, oh, I, I really respect you. You're so great, and and the whole gay thing. That's fine. I'm totally okay with it. And Jacob is just like, fuck off. Like I'm tired. I don't want to be the token gay in the office. Like, can you please just fuck off? This is Which this mood. is the scene. This is the scene that first made me, well, especially made me start to think of uh, what Jakob's motivations could be Mm -hmm. in sort of a different light. Because it seems to be setting it up, especially with the way Mass Mikkelsen is playing it, that it's not just that he's greedy and wants to have both the man and the woman. It's that there's... There's definitely a clear sense of some amount of internalized homophobia that he's yeah, dealing with. Yeah, I think where, so. Especially there's other scenes where he's really uncomfortable, like, showing any affection to Jorgen in public. The mm-hmm. fact that he had to go into the closet to, like, propose to Jorgen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then all this stuff with him really being uncomfortable being seen as the gay guy and everyone yeah. treating him as the gay guy. That there's, like, this sense that he's, like, he kind of... Like, regardless of whether his, like, true sexual orientation is uh, homosexual or bisexual, like, there's a sense that kind of the appeal of Caroline to him, part part of the appeal of that is being in a quote-unquote normal relationship. Exactly. And being treated as a normal person. Yeah, and that's what I realized this time around, that that he... Like the appeal is to be not not be quote unquote marked as different in this way. Like getting all the things that you are supposed quote unquote to get out of a relationship through a straight relationship. Yeah, because like he even a big like part of the motivation. Because this is this is jumping ahead a bit, but he even like the idea of like a, a traditional wedding and kids and all this stuff that like yes. goes along with the the like normal expected idea of what a relationship and a family is that he yeah. like is clearly that concept that idea of what he's is is almost as much what he's after as caroline exactly herself. exactly and that's that's also what his mother wants for him right exactly uh, yeah and i think i think his mother's like sort of downplayed homophobia is mm. again one of those pressure points it's one of the reasons why yeah, Yaka yeah. wants to go that direction is that's part of why he feels this pressure and, and this that, internalized homophobia and that's also the function of this scene to 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 show how he's you know, marked in society as different and how he's tired of it exactly uh, yeah and i also don't think it's a coincidence that like his best friend is this like straight fuckboy co-worker 
while uh, Jørgen's best friend is like the, the uh, campy gay guy. I mean, that that's very deliberate, I would say. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, but yeah, so he, like, right after this, he calls uh, up Karoline, uh, which, again, his annoyance at getting uh, seen solely as the gay guy makes him call her up, uh, although yep. he does hang up immediately. Uh, and it's like, oh, I'm God, I'm so stupid. Uh, but then he does leave the party and goes to her place and he tries to pretend it's about a gift for the kid. Uh, but then he kisses her and then he flees and then he kisses her again. Uh, but accidentally, like, I, I don't know if it like, hurts her, her, like, her neck or something, but then she's like, ow, and he leaves again. And just like really indecisive and kind of panicky about it. Um, at at one point in this scene, he does get into a closet again. <laughs> no, I think that's later actually. Oh, is it? Okay, never mind. Yeah, <laughs> although that is pretty funny. At some point, he once again gets into a closet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So the next morning, he's hungover and. Uh, Jan is sort of joking around about their wedding and like having uh, Adrian and Pella as their bridesmaids uh, and then he asks about the, the Christmas party and Jacob's just like oh it's the usual and then my boss were kind of annoying being super affectionate um, and then his co-worker calls him up like you know oh where did you go and Jacob's like Oh, did you like? I don't. I don't remember exactly what he says, but it's like really like playing along with the fuckboy language that his coworker uses, and Johannes is just like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, he's like, "Why are you talking like that?" <laughs> yeah, like, uh, "Oh, did you did you do the new girl or whatever?" Um, and um, yeah, so so like the the the, the coworker is like in bed with this girl he had sex with the night before after the party. Uh, while he's talking to Jacob, and yeah, I think it's significant that he like this change into the quote-unquote fuckboy language, which is then this straight culture he's trying to be part of. And then once he gets off the phone, uh, Jan makes fun of him for talking like that to his coworker, and you know that's this clash between different cultural modes. Yeah, that's definitely intentional. Yeah. Uh, so let me cut to, to Jan doing the laundry, um, where he finds the picture that was taken of Jakob and uh, Karoline making out. And he's, yep. he's, clearly, he's clearly upset about it, but it seems like he decides not to do anything about it or say anything about it. He just puts the picture back into the pocket and since nothing happened. Uh, also, this is, this is another further evidence of how Jakob is uh, very stupid and bad at yeah, keeping things like, secret. Like, Why'd you leave the picture in your pants, dude? I didn't even think about that, but that's so too, that's so dumb. It's so stupid. Of course he's gonna find it. Yeah. Like vi- like rip it up or hide it or something. Like Honestly. He's really bad at this, I think he's is very the point. Bad at it, yeah. Um but yeah, it's like we're getting into the day. Like, uh, you know, Christmas, uh, like he had the Christmas party and then in, they're out in the, the like central Copenhagen uh, doing Christmas shopping, I would guess. Um, and they run into uh, someone, Karoline, uh, and 
Jacob asks whether Tom will be home between Christmas and New Year's in a super unsubtle way. Just like he's so uh, obvious. It's like again, he's not good at this, right? <laughs> no, he's not. Yeah, but Tom confirms that he won't be home because it's something about air traffic. And again, Jakob later calls Caroline like, "Oh, it's about Christmas presents." Uh, and then like for the kid, but then she rightly points out that, well, it's way too late to buy him Christmas presents. Uh, so he asks, "Well, what do you want?" It's like you. It's like. It's like she says very. in a super sultry, it's like sexy way, but it just always make me makes me laugh. It's very dramatic and very funny because yeah, yeah it really is just kind of jarring. <laughs> yeah, but then he goes and tells Jan that uh, he can't go with him to uh, Jutland, which is the other, it's the other end of Co- of uh, Denmark from Copenhagen, because uh, something about the, the the mosque and the architectural firm, uh, they have a meeting, um, and of course it's like an excuse to stay home and fuck Caroline. Of uh, course. Yeah, uh, so Jakob then uh, helps Jan onto the train as he's uh, you know, leaving for, for Jutland. And here's another joke that's not translatable because uh, like Jan makes a lot of dad jokes. And one of the jokes, the joke he makes here is that the word for, for mask and the Danish word for maybe sounds super similar. Uh, ah. So it's like joking around about, hey, maybe... Maybe you don't need a mask up to, for uh, like for Christmas or something. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this is the moment I think you were talking about earlier, right? Where uh, Jan goes to kiss Jakob, but Jakob is like not really in- like he's like looking over at the people Jan is going to be seated next to, uh, who are rockers. Like I'm not going to kiss you right now with these people right here. Uh, exactly, Jan doesn't yeah. care at all. He's like, bye, honey. And then he calls the, the rockers like girls. Uh, like, hi, girls. Um, and yeah, like, Jorgen does not give a fuck. <laughs> he's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I also really love the scene with the rockers because then afterwards it's clear he's been like punched in the face uh, because he has like something of his, his nose, uh, like a bleeding. Uh, but then he's just like playing cards with the, the rockers and like making dad jokes. Like clearly they punched him for calling them for calling them girls, but then also just became friends with them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I really love the scene. It's just like, like because they generally think his jokes are super funny. Yeah, definitely. It's just a sweet scene. It is. Um, it's nice. But it's intercut with uh, Jakob uh, having called Caroline to like come over, um, and she makes some excuse to Tom about. Uh, like a study group having something, some meetup or something, and he's like, "Well, I'm on standby. I can't. You can't leave because then Oscar will be alone if I have to leave." And she's like, "Well, figure something out. Like, I'm not. It's your kid, right?" And like, finally yeah. snaps at him, which again, fair enough, honestly. Like, he's putting all of this on her, taking no responsibility for it whatsoever. He's honestly like one of the worst characters in the movie. For uh, sure, like it. Clearly, he's taking advantage of Caroline as like yeah. a caretaker. Yeah. And yeah, if if Caroline has something to do that, you know, theoretically, if it wasn't going off to have an affair, it would, <laughs> like it would be le- like a legitimate concern to be like, no, you find some alternate caretaker for yeah. him. Like, I don't have to do all that yeah. myself. 
Like even even if she was his biological mother, like yeah, it's, if you're still both sleepy, caretakers, right? yeah, you still got to share responsibility on some level. Yeah, uh, but she is going off to have an affair, and uh, she sure is. Yeah, and uh, Mass Mikkelsen is being very Mass Mikkelsen uh, in how he prepares for this, just like like awkwardly running around, falling over, and I don't know yelling that he knows that she's on her way uh, when he hears the browsing start and yeah uh, she shows up and they uh, we don't see the sex itself we just see like the, the lead up to it where he's like again awkwardly carrying her uh, up a step and it's like he can't really do it correctly so she's like almost falling over it's just yeah, yeah. Uh, it seems like it, uh, the sex wasn't very good too <laughs> Yeah, after they have sex, he's like, did you come? And she's like, almost. And then they decide <laughs> yeah. they have to have sex again, which, yeah, fair enough. Although I do feel like it, on some level, it seems like at this point, it's like, why is... Like, yeah, Tom also kind of treats her shitty, but why is Caroline even doing this aff- affair either? It doesn't seem like like she's getting that much out of it <laughs> i mean you don't know if he, he did give her an, uh, an orgasm after that i mean maybe she that's did. true that's a good that's a good point fair enough i mean he did he did care about trying like I, I feel especially like in 2001 i feel like you had a lot of guys who wouldn't even ask that maybe that's fair enough fair enough <laughs> but i don't know i mean he doesn't treat it's her just- super well either yeah, it's just funny because the emphasis, like the 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 movie, really emphasizes that it was disappointing sex. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also, like, uh, just what we see. Otherwise, Jakob kind of treats her shitty anyway, because Jakob yeah. kind of treats everyone shitty. But yeah, but like I, I mean, said, Tom also treats her badly. So yeah, I, I think it's just her trying to escape from that a little bit, like her acting out because she's annoyed with him and doesn't really know what else to do. Yeah, like she just wants to be wanted by someone. Exactly. It, like, seems like Tom doesn't really act much like he wants her anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. I don't think it's about Jakob at all. Yeah, for sure. So uh, after they've had sex uh, and all of this, uh, Jakob calls Jan up, uh, telling him that the meeting was canceled and he's driving you over. Uh, which just makes it a worse lie, really. Uh, Honestly, yeah. One of, one of the things I wrote down in my uh, notes was that somehow it feels extra rude to have an affair and be so fucking obvious about it. <laughs> be so bad at it. Yeah. Yes. Like, like it just seems it just seems like even more disrespectful at that point. Like, you yeah, could at, at least, least hide it properly. <laughs> You could at least try to hide it more, like show your partner that much respect, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, but he doesn't, and um, nope. <laughs> he he actually he actually finds the pants that the, the like that uh, Jan stuffed the photo back into, and it's unclear if at this point he 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 knows that Jan must have seen it or not, or if he just thinks that it's a possibility. Um. But he does seem like he feels pretty guilty as, as he's uh, driving you over. Um, but then uh, when he shows up, uh, 
he he comes into to the the bedroom that him and uh, Jørgen are sharing and uh, thinks Jørgen is asleep, but then he shows up, uh, says hi, uh, and like shows him like his erection hidden in a Santa hat, and that scene always makes me laugh. That was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he calls him childish, and, and uh, then Jørgen calls him like a slur, and they start play fighting. Uh, and I think this is like Jørgen trying to, quote unquote, win him back. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, trying to be sexy so he, he, he won't focus on someone else. Definitely. Yeah. So then there's a little montage of the Christmas, but because the Christmas is at Jørgen and Tom's parents' place. Uh, so everyone involved is here like you have uh tom jan jacob and caroline all at the same christmas uh celebration it's so and awkward if, it's like yeah it seems like if you're gonna have an affair it right. seems like a really bad choice to have right. an affair with your sister-in-law who you'll have to see at family events all the time and you'll just make your entire family's life super awkward for right. the rest of forever now right it's like Find someone else to sleep with. Honestly. Like on her part as well. Like Exactly, yeah. Go go find someone for the study group. Like, I don't know. Like I guess I can kind of understand how affairs like that happen because like it's just people that you're spending a lot of time with anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's easier to become closer to them. But also it's just such a bad idea. And it's also a bit like I feel like and I mean, one thing is cheating uh, because like then you're hurting your partner. But then cheating with like then cheating with someone who's in a relationship with someone you also know, then you're both hurting yeah. your partner and you're hurting your friend. Exactly. Like it's such a mess. Yeah. But it it seems like throughout this little montage that Jan is like he's sort of looking at at Jakob, looking at Caroline, and like seeing these little uh, looks they're giving each other, and just like yeah, watching this whole thing. Uh, so um, in the aftermath, uh, they're like sitting around in in a uh, couch, uh, and Jan is complaining about one of his Christmas presents until he asks. Uh, in the middle of a sentence, uh, if Jakob is in love with Caroline. Uh, and Jakob is way too honest and answers that he doesn't know. And Jan gets even more upset. And then they, like, he tries to leave and um, Jakob tries to stop him from leaving. But then they, like, fight a little bit. And then uh, he actually does leave and he drives off. He's drunk and he gets in some unspecified accident that puts him in the hospital. And when we come back, he's been transferred to a hospital in Copenhagen. Um, and like some nurse who's super bored uh, is telling him about like very clinical details about what they'll be doing. Uh, and he's he might possibly have lost one of his eyes. That that whole scene was so dramatic. Yeah. Like just just even just the casual way Jorgen finally brings it up, it's like woof in that scene but yeah, then like yeah. yeah and then he goes off in the car and the whole time i was like sitting here on the edge of my seat just the way they frame it all with like yeah. there's it's kind of dramatically cutting back and forth between jorgen in the car crying and like uh and jakob at home and 
like the way it's filmed seems to like emphasize the speed of the car and the fact that he's crying and kind of out of it. And the tension mm. is just out. It's just through the roof. That whole time I was like, he's going to get in a car accident. He's going to get it. Yeah. He's yeah. going to get yeah. in a car accident. <laughs> and he does. And he does. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I mean, I do think this movie has some, some nice range in that way that they did handle dramatic moments fairly well. And also haven't, uh, have, uh, Sorry, uh, handles uh, comedic moments well. Like most of the movies, there's comedic tone, but then it transitions into this drama pretty well. Yeah, it manages to pull pull off the tension pretty well. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just glad Jorgen survived because part of me was like, he's gonna fucking die, <laughs> car accident right now. I I think you would have known like from me talking about it if he died. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he's, I mean, he's okay apart from maybe losing an eye and he's like making dad jokes about it. Yeah. And like, well, I wasn't really using the eye anyway. Um, and uh, Jakob is clearly really upset, but, you know, it seems like throughout that John's way of dealing with things is just not feeling them and just making jokes and not connecting with how he's feeling. Yeah, because at this point, a lot of people, like not even just Jakob, but a lot of the people who are coming to visit him are trying to have serious conversations with him about what happened. But Jorgen just deflects all of it with jokes and is like, yeah, exactly. Does not want to actually talk about anything. Yeah. And that's 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 just his character throughout, really, that this is his defense mechanism. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, he doesn't like Jakob is trying to apologize, trying to talk about it, but Jan doesn't want to. Uh, so back at the, the building site for this mosque, uh, Jan is talking to his uh, co-worker, who's actually really sweet in the scene. Like he's turned off the fuckboy thing. It's just being like, oh, no, you shouldn't blame yourself. And uh, you, it could have been much worse. He, he's actually lucky that something worse didn't happen. Uh, but then yeah, I was like, oh, it actually was my fault because he did it because <laughs> I've been sleeping with uh, Caroline. I was like, why the fuck did you tell him? And of course, he didn't tell him. Uh, Jan figured it out, but it's, you know, it's still like, why did you hide it so badly then? He's so bad at having an affair. Yeah. and But I think it's interesting that, the, the, you know, we talk about the, the straight friend being kind of creepy, but he's also, I mean, I, I, I like this dichotomy of him actually being an empathetic, uh, empathetic person in some moments. Yeah, when you when you get past the fuckboy facade, he actually is a pretty genuine and like sweet friend. Like his mm. friendship is is like on point. He's just is kind of also a creep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he just needs to stop fucking eighteen year old girls. I don't know, man. Seriously, just <laughs> it would even be fine if it was girls your own age. I don't care, but just. Yeah, because like it's not the thing that I mean. One thing is being a fuckboy, right? Another thing is deliberately going after super young girls, which is what exactly, he does. Exactly, exactly. And like the movie itself emphasizes how young they are anytime they show up. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's yeah. not great, but he is a good friend. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and he, yeah, yeah. What? Where were we? Yeah. Uh, so, so then the next people to visit Jan at the hospital are. Uh, Tom and Caroline, and again, Tom is like sort of trying to comfort him, uh, but uh, Jan is just deflecting it all with jokes. Then he leaves because air traffic planes. Of uh, course, yeah, as always. Mm-hmm. 
what else would you be doing in life? Uh, and yeah. Count Lina stays for a moment and like, is trying to figure out what happened. But of course, Jan is really cold with her and is just like, trying to make her leave. Uh, so when she runs into Jakob outside the hospital, uh, she figures out that it's like why he left, right? And she also yeah. gets super angry at Jan for this because then now she also has to feel guilty about what happened. Because um, it's just so bad at having an affair. Really? <laughs> just so rude to everyone involved to be that <laughs> obvious about it. Yeah. And I mean, he's not wrong that he didn't tell him. And I do think, I mean, I do think once someone figures it out, figures it out, it is better to be honest and not fucking gaslight someone. Yeah, for sure. But at, but at the same time, it's like, you didn't, ha- you, you still handled this extremely badly. Exactly. Like, there's way better things you could say in that moment than, well, I don't know if I love her or not. Like, that's just such one of the worst things you could say. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what do you do with that? Yeah, honestly. Yeah. But uh, he goes, like, up to the hospital and it's New Year's Eve. And this mom friend that all the gays have uh, is there. Uh, Apparently she works as a nurse. So she's there, like, giving them some some New Year's things and trying to cheer them up and, you know, trying to make them feel more at home. Uh, but then immediately once he leaves, uh, Jan is just not interested in engaging at all. Uh, like, he, he makes some more uh, dad jokes, but then he tells Jakob to just go home so they can both sleep. And Jakob's, like, crying and, again, feeling super guilty which i think is the bigger like again he's a pretty selfish character so i think the bigger problem for me is that he feels selfish and that because he can actively see in the moment that john is hurt he feels bad about that Uh, yeah definitely and one of the things that i sort of thought of while i was watching this too is it seems like less that uh jacob is even really actively going out to seek things like it's less that he wants to go out and get everything and more that he wants to like have everything like even the affair with caroline feels like uh almost like just because the opportunity is there he doesn't want to give it up right he doesn't want to he doesn't want to give up anything he doesn't want to give up his relationship with jorgen he doesn't want to give up the chance at this affair and so he like fights really hard to keep things yeah like we get into this he doesn't want to make a choice between things exactly he doesn't want to make a choice he just wants to fight to like keep whatever he has and if like an opportunity presents itself he wants to take it but he wants to he doesn't want to lose anything yeah yeah that's that's really true about yeah his behavior and mentality yeah so then he goes over to to uh Caroline, uh like after he leaves and like just hugs her and, and like she sort of comforts him a bit nothing really happens in this scene but this is where he goes into a closet again oh yeah this is this is the one yeah because he, he's like they they hug and then uh oscar is upset so uh Caroline goes to comfort him and then he makes her leave but instead of actually leaving he accidentally walks into a closet Yep. Yep. Uh, and it's pretty... The <laughs> symbolism of it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the day after, like, uh, uh, the kid is like, oh, did dad get home? No, no, dad didn't get me home. You must have dreamt that. Maybe it was Sansa. Uh, this is pretty cute. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then uh, while uh, Jan is still in the hospital, uh, Jakob is talking to his co-worker and he suggests getting away for a while. And I don't know if the co-worker meant it this way, but Jakob took it to mean take... 
Caroline somewhere, sorry, take Caroline somewhere away from from Copenhagen. Uh, so they what they do is they take the ferry to to Malmo in, in Sweden, uh, which is right yeah. on the other side, like it's right across from where Copenhagen is. Uh, today there's a bridge, so it's pretty funny to me to see them take the ferry to get there um, because I've always just taken the train. But yeah, they they go there to Sweden. Um, they go ice skating a bit, have some fun. Um, and I, I think getting back to this whole thing about Jan wanting the the relationship that no one's paying that much attention to, the one that seems normative, like he immediately goes through to hold uh, Caroline's hand and uh, like they're being pretty public about their affection in general. And I think that's new to him and something he wants. For sure. But then, you know, the next event shows some irony there. Yeah, because while uh, Caroline is away peeing, uh, Jakob runs into Adrian and Pelle, the, the other gay couple that they know, who are there like, oh, are you also in Sweden to to buy a bit of, uh, buy some sweets? And, uh, oh, I know, you're here to buy something from Jörn while he's in the hospital. And then Caroline comes back in the middle of the conversation and Jakob starts trying to be like, oh, are you here? I haven't seen you. Oh, that's so funny that we're all here and no one knew we were all here and we're definitely not here together. Oh, you must have been up in, in Lund in the university town uh, because you're a university student, right? And she tries to play along, but it's pretty clear that Adrian and Pella don't believe a word of it. Oh, and yeah, for sure. In his eagerness to sell this lie, he just starts walking away still with his ice skates on, on the, <laughs> like on the <laughs> brick floor. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, this it's, scene just really shows the irony of the whole thing to me because it is clear that part of Jakob's motivation is that he wants to have this more acceptable relationship that he could mm. be more open and public about. But then he still can't hold her hand in front of people and has to hide it and like has to pretend to not be with her, even though it's this like straight relationship that should theoretically be open and acceptable because it's an affair. It's not. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. I hadn't thought about that. But that's true. He actually gets in more trouble here being affectionate with her than he ever, like, on screen gets with being affectionate with Jan. Exactly. Yeah. Also, okay, another thing I was just thinking about, uh, it's not important at all, but when they leave the ferry, the people uh, in front of them, are, like, carry, like, have a lot of, uh, have two cases of, like, beer. Uh, or like not cases like um, well, they have a lot of beer with them and it's that was super funny to me because it's like a thing for Swedes to buy beer in Denmark and for Danes to buy beer in Germany and there's like a whole chain of where you buy beer because it's cheaper so that was really funny that's really, really funny, funny. Yeah. that is funny but yeah they 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 try to lie it's pretty clear they are not believed because we see uh, Frederik the, who is uh, who works like as a bartender at a gay bar, uh, getting a phone call, and it's pretty clear it's these two guys calling up to tell them what they've seen, because he just like he starts singing some sad song uh, and being really upset. Um, yeah. So now basically the whole friend. Yeah, of course. Knows. Once he knows, everyone knows, right? Everyone knows. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, Jakob's still like, no, no. I'm sure. I'm sure they believed it. But then of course we see. Uh, Pelle and Adrian uh, talking about it and yeah they definitely know what's happening here um, for sure 
And we see that now the lesbians are getting in on the gossip as well. Frederick shows up to talk to him about it and is really upset. And they make some, like, he's like, oh, no, do you think he's, uh, you know, going down on her? And they're like, oh, yeah. And make some joke about beer and going down on women, um, which was is pretty funny to me. <laughs> yeah, that that was a pretty good bit. Yeah. And also, like, it made me think about, because I know in, like, American culture, there's this whole thing about it being emasculating, I guess, to go down on a woman. Yeah, to know. an extent. What? To an extent. I, yeah. I don't know if that's, like, a huge thing, especially as much these days. I feel like yeah. maybe it used to be more yeah. that way. But... I mean, I definitely heard that trope, and I'm like, I, I, I don't think it's a big thing here. Uh, although I do think it maybe exists, but then I'm not sure how much of that existing is, you know, culture coming in from elsewhere. But yeah, I, I just thought about it because you yeah, know yeah. we've all seen the like DJ Khaled tweet or whatever. True. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so everyone knows he's sleeping with her, and uh, the day that uh, that uh, Jan is uh, supposed to get out of the, the hospital is actually the same day that they are. I think they're getting back from this trip to Sweden, uh, and uh, they can go into the. Or maybe it's leaving before. Sorry, uh, but anyway. Uh, Kaunin is sort of like, well, maybe this is a bad idea. But then Jakob's like, well, maybe it's a good idea. And then they sleep together anyway uh, at uh, Jakob and Jan's place. So then the morning after, Jakob thinks he's supposed to pick up Jan at the hospital. But then he, fe- he hears the, 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 the doorbell start buzzing. And he like runs around trying to, to gather everything up that shows what's happened. Uh, and again, very badly. He hides things well, yeah. super badly. Once again, uh, Jakob is just very, very bad at having an affair. He just he's fucks very it up bad constantly. at it. Like, honestly, I think he would be happiest in an open relationship. Uh, which is like, he should just talk. Like, I mean, it wouldn't have helped in this situation because no one would have been okay with him sleeping with this specific woman. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, I think he would have been happier like that anyway. No, yeah, I definitely was thinking watching this movie. I'm like, he would just be so much happier if he could just be in a normal, open, communicative, polyamorous relationship and not just be so fucking weird about it and, like, shitty to everyone around him all the time. (laughs) And I feel like Jan actually would probably, like, if they had talked about it ahead of time, I feel like... Like, obviously, still not Carolina because it's his, like, brother's girlfriend, right? But I feel like he would be receptive to like, the idea of an open relationship where they have, like, guidelines set up for, like, okay, which things are we okay with? It would at least like be he's... worth talking about yeah. instead of just running around behind his back. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, he's trying to tidy up. He's bad at it. So Jan comes up to, to the apartment uh, and... Uh, he doesn't notice anything right away, but then he puts on this sort of like hairband that Carolina must have left behind, and he doesn't notice what it is. Uh, but then uh, Jakob comes over to him, and he like his face just freezes when he sees this, and then he realizes, 
oh god, this thing I just put on my head was Caroline's hairband, so she must have been here. Uh, and he started asking him about, like, how often have you seen each other? And, you know, Jakob Again, if, comes if, with if this, Jakob... like, weakest cute, like, oh, it's not like with us. And it's like, yeah, what did I say? Yeah, no, I was just going to say, and again, if Jakob had been less obvious about it, like in his facial expression, you yeah, might not yeah. have noticed. Yeah, he could have gotten away with it, maybe. He's just very stupid. Yeah, but yeah, he, he starts, you know, he, he gets really upset once uh, Johan starts asking him about it. And again, it's like, this is the consequences of your own actions. Honestly, like, please take responsibility for your own life. I'm begging you. Uh, but no, he just wants to be, feel sorry for himself because, you know, John is angry with him. Uh, and John is pretty calm until he asks him uh, if they've slept at their place. And once Yark uh, says they have, he's like smashes a vase and just like gets angry and starts crying. And, you know, uh, it's it's... Yeah, they're pretty upset, both of them. Uh, and then we cut to them being a bit calmer later. Uh, and again, uh, Giannis was like joking around with sending to be writing to some advice column. Uh, like, oh, my uh, partner, uh, he actually, he, the word he uses here is actually friend. Uh, uh-huh. Because, like, in a euphemistic sense, uh, because he's pretending to write to another woman, I would guess. Uh, yeah. But the subtitle said partner. Um, but yeah, he's like joking, like, what should I do about this? Has my whole life been a lie? Should I get a sex change? Which uh, kind of transphobic, but I'll allow it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the time is right. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but. Yeah. I mean, it's not a big thing, so it's like, whatever. Uh, but yeah, he's again deflecting with humor, and Jakob is like, "Won't you please be serious?" And then he's like, "Well, I'm actually the asshole here." So then he apologizes for telling him that, but then he's also like, "I love you," and uh, yeah, again, it's like he's super upset about the consequences of his own actions. Yeah, and like he's. A- I don't know if it's at this point, but he suggests they do uh, couples therapy and stuff, too. Yeah, that's a little bit after. Yeah. Yeah, he's just, he's trying so hard to hold on to this relationship, even though he's fucked it up so bad. That's another part of what... And keeps fucking it up. And and will continue to fuck it up. Yeah, (laughs) you are the problem. The solution is you changing your behavior. It's not that hard. Because and, it's yeah. not, Jan hasn't thrown it out at this point. He's like, okay, like he yeah. wants to keep trying with him because he loves him that much. And this is jumping ahead a little bit again, but again, this just is a to me, it's more evidence of how he just wants to not give anything up because, like, he, yeah, he's trying so hard to keep this relationship going, but he's also not giving up on the affair. Yeah, and uh, eventually, when they do like actually break up, it's because. Uh, Jorgen finally kicks him out. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think... He, 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 yeah, it's, it's true. He never at any point makes a decision. He just waits for other people to make a decision for him. Exactly. He never would have made the choice to walk out because he wanted to have both yeah, relationships. Exactly. He didn't want to give up on either of them. He never would have made the choice to give up on either of them. 
Yeah. Like, at least at this point in the story, but... Yeah. But yeah, uh, we see uh, Frederik, the camp guy, come over with some flowers for, for Jørgen, and, you know, he's clearly the friend that's, you know, angry on behalf of that friend who's bad at being angry, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Which, I mean, mood, I can totally relate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's treating uh, uh, Jakob pretty coldly, uh, and this is the point where Jakob comes in and just suggests couple counseling after Frederik has left. Uh and, you know, they, they get to this session and uh, Jakob is so eager to play along. Like you say, he really wants to hold on to this and to repair this, even though the solution is pretty easy if he actually wanted to. Uh, but Janis, you know, doesn't really want to play along and thinks it's stupid. And it, it, it sort of is. It's like making them pretend to fold up a seat together. Uh, and it's pretty, like, the, the counselor, like the actor who's placed this counselor is actually... Uh, like uh, he's known with my generation for playing uh, Loki in a, in a, a TV show. Oh, that's so it's funny. Also, also, sort of kind of fun to see him in things. Yeah, for sure. He's also yeah, that... pretty pretty well known for doing drag, uh, or not drag as such, but like getting in drag at, for random things, I guess. Okay, well, mm. I guess that tracks with playing Loki. <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> no but i was just gonna say this whole like counseling session it seems like yeah pretty useless counseling and even more so than just being kind of a useless form of counseling is that it doesn't get to like the actual issues in their relationship at all yeah it's not even like hey let's talk about your cheating and why you're cheating it's just like let maybe if you communicate i keep hitting my microphone today i'm sorry uh but let's keep communicating let's you know use these metaphors to get closer to each other that's not really the problem yeah they don't need they don't need metaphors they need to actually have a real conversation and yeah. Jakob needs to change his behavior exactly <laughs> uh yeah actually another note i wanted to make was uh the director uh the actor who plays uh Frederick and the actor who plays the counselor uh, we're in a comedy group together, so it's like not surprising at all to see them in the same movie. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Which was also pretty like uh, being explicit about sex kind of comedy uh, group, I would say. Like they that have a whole, s- whole song about sleeping with anyone, including all sorts of animals, because PCLT is just, I mean, a big thing in Danish humor, I guess. Uh, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like if you see these comedy shows from the the two uh, thousand, there's often a bestiality joke. I don't know. That's uh, funny. Yeah, but uh, like uh, like I said, um, Jan is not really playing along. Uh, but then they go out eating afterwards, and uh, they they apparently eat uh, foie gras, uh, and Jan is like, "Isn't that actually animal cruelty?" And Jakob argues that it's not actually because uh, supposedly the geese just come running by themselves when uh, they know they're going to be fed and they wouldn't do that if they didn't want to get fed. Uh, and Jonas yeah, is like, yeah. mood. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, I'm really kidding these geese getting force fed right now. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> 
but yeah, then then Jakob continues like suggesting things they should do together, and Jan keeps shooting them down. Uh, and Jakob gets a bit annoyed, but and then Jan is finally like, okay, fine, I'll, I'll I'll I know I'm being difficult. Let's you know, let's try it. And they end up deciding to go to an ex- uh, to Paris for an extended weekend. And uh, a few days before, uh, I don't know if at some point before they go to Paris. Uh, Jakob comes home uh, to see that uh, Jan has, uh, like, his parents have come to visit. I think they're just on their way to the theater, so they probably just dropped by. Uh, and the mom, you know, she does ceramics, so she gives him the ceramic face that she made. And uh, after they leave, uh, Jan and Jakob hugs, and uh, Jan comments that Jakob smells like metal. Uh, and yeah, and we see this clip of him and uh, Caroline uh, making out in a car uh, and yeah. the, imp- the implication is that John suspects that that's why um, even though I would, I, I feel like an easy lie would be oh I've been on the building side all day so that's why I don't know yeah you would think I don't know it would I, d- be, I, did- I, I believe it I don't know I think it was a little unclear on this scene if that was just what Jorgen was imagining had happened or if that was actually what had happened. But Oh, that's true. That's true, yeah. Either way. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's clearly it's clear that their relationship is still having Ongoing. issues. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, they're going to the airport uh the day after and Jan tells like the I don't know what you would call her, like it's a person taking the boarding things to go on the airplane he's like telling her she's beautiful and trying to get Jakob to agree with him and Jakob kind of distractedly does and then you know Jan excuses himself to go to the bathroom and I mean I mean I guess this is like him trying to gauge how attracted he is to women by trying to get him to talk about a woman's interactiveness I guess yeah that was the impression I got yeah and also I think maybe also trying a little bit to uh, figure out if Jakob's gotten over any of his issues about acknowledging their relationship in public, like almost trying to goad him into saying something that will acknowledge that they're together in front of this woman who they uh, are right, assuming like, is straight. Yeah, like, oh, you're the beautiful one or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But anyway, he goes to hide in the bathroom stall and uh, Jakob comes out because apparently he's not he's been there for a while and the plane is about to take off but Jan doesn't want to uh, so they end up not going to Paris they end up taking a taxi home from the airport and again we see some time passing uh, we see uh, Jan being back in his job with this uh, you know this this kid we saw earlier this uh, gay student uh, and he, he like blows up at him uh, for something small because he's, you know, just in a bad mood. And then he apologizes. And the student immediately like asks if he's gay. And you know, he's just like, yeah. And then the kid kind of awkwardly tells him that he thinks he's has too. And Jan pretends a bit to be surprised. And I don't know, make some, some weird comment about, well, maybe you should go on a school ship. Well, maybe you should commit suicide. It's like that's a wild thing to say to an eighteen-year-old, but okay. Yeah, honestly, this scene—it's like okay, I know you're lashing out because you're 
upset about your own relationship, but it really seems irresponsible to suggest to a young gay kid that he commit suicide. Like, yeah. come on. I mean, I think I think the joke is supposed to be that this kid says yes to whatever he suggests. Ah, uh, yeah, so, that makes sense. Yeah, but it's still like, I mean, you're a teacher, get it together. Yeah, it's um, just it just seems irresponsible. That's all. <laughs> yeah, and also, I mean, it's just, it's an interesting thing. I feel feel like this whole movie has a pretty negative view of of young people, like of teenagers. Like every time there's a teenager, it's the most like caricature version of a teenager. It's like super distracted and and saking, um, and talk being really bad at talking. I guess like using a lot of slang and not getting to the point and. That yeah, is a good just being point. kind of stupid. This is uh, a very anti-teenager film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's refreshing that the movie is mostly about people in their 30s or whatever, but it's also That's like a true. weird thing that it's so like negative about teenagers. Yeah, it is It is weird. I mean, I was stupid. As, I, everyone is stupid as teenagers, to be fair, but not in this way, maybe. <laughs> yeah, not quite this cartoonishly. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, uh, Caroline and Jakob are at the same place as they were early in the movie uh, when they first met up. Uh, and uh, they're talking about like maybe putting an end to the affair. Uh, and then Caroline get, tells them that she's pregnant. And I'm just like, why, why are you not either using a condom or being on birth control? I'm screaming, what the fuck? Honestly. <laughs> like... <laughs> I don't know if this was more common at the time, but I'm just like, like most cis women I know are in some form of birth control. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm I'm just confused. Yeah. I mean, I guess most forms of birth control aren't a hundred percent guaranteed effective, but yeah, like it feel like it feels like he would have been more confused if that had been the case, though, if they actually had been using birth control. I don't know. That's true. Just seems irresponsible. Again, yeah. just a lot of irresponsibility in this film. Yeah, we, I mean, we're just talking about teenagers being stupid. This is this is the kind of mistake you would expect from a teenager, you know? Honestly. Yeah, like, get it together. Uh, but yeah, she's like really upset and is talking about, like, she doesn't want know if she wants to keep, the, keep it or not. And, you know, talking about maybe getting an abortion. And yeah, it was like, oh my God, this is the most amazing news. Of course we're having that baby. Yay, I want to, you know, have a child. This is amazing. And it's like, you just talked about ending your, uh, like, affair. But, yeah, I mean, it gets back to the thing about him wanting everything he can have and not wanting anything staying away from him. And he yeah, makes a well, point about yeah. how he's always wanted kids, so. It's exactly what I was saying before about how he doesn't want to give anything up. It's not yeah. like he was actively trying to impregnate her, but now that he knows she's pregnant, he absolutely doesn't want her to get an abortion and give up the exactly. baby. He absolutely exactly. has to have the baby now that it's a possibility for exactly. him to have. Yeah, because everyone else is taking something away from him and he doesn't want to have anything taken away from him. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he comes home... Uh, Oh, actually, Jan comes home while Jakob is waiting for him and like, clearly intending to talk to him about, you know, Carolina being pregnant and how he wants her to keep the child. Uh, but Jan interrupts him before, before he can tell him all this. Um, 
and uh, holds like a speech about like how he's sorry it's taking him this long to come around and you know it's a cultural thing and uh we can drop the counseling i think we can figure it out on our own and like just being really sweet and like feeling like he's the the, the problem because he's been taking a while to get around it's it's just a really infuriating scene when you know what's happening right yeah it's it's rough to watch yeah (laughs) when you know what's gonna happen next yeah uh, and uh, Kaolini has always also come home and is apologizing for having quote unquote been weird lately uh, and so it tells him she's pregnant without getting to the part about it not being his kid like she intends to but then when he gets exci- excited she can't I guess uh, yeah Carolyn isn't super brave either when it no. comes to it's like I feel like you should have decisions. I mean, the, the correct way of doing this would have been to start with telling him about the affair. Because obviously, yeah, if you just sure. say you're pregnant, he's not going to assume it's from an affair. Like, Yeah. Unless they haven't been having sex at all, I guess, which wouldn't make sense with his schedule. But mm, yeah. yeah, clearly they must be having sex sometimes because he yeah. doesn't yeah. think it's weird. But uh, in the meantime, Jacob has told Jan all of this uh, about him wanting a child and Jan obviously gets angry at him and is like, you're being so fucking selfish. You just want and want and want. And uh, Jakob starts countering by being like, oh, actually, you're the selfish one because I've always wanted kids and I would never do that to you to tell you you couldn't have a kid. It's like... Mm. It's infuriating. Yeah. But again, I think this... I mean, the, the fact that he's always wanted kids, I mean... I guess it's somewhat suspect because we haven't heard this mentioned before this point, but it, if if it is indeed like something they talked about before, it goes back to the like one of the reasons he maybe would think that being with uh, Caroline would be easier. That's true. Because, yeah, again, it's, the, it's this idea of the like normal nuclear family that exactly. he's chasing after. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and I, this is... Sorry? And this is the scene where it, like, becomes really clear to me that, like, if Jorgen at this point had still wanted to make their relationship work, I believe Jakob would have stayed. Oh, yeah, for sure. But at this point, Jorgen has had two, like, even, yeah, even continuing the affair and having the baby and all that stuff, he would have still tried to have both relationships going. Oh, for sure. But but Jorgen has finally had enough at this point. (laughs) Yeah, it's like get the fuck out of my house, honestly. Yeah, actually like, does get I, out. Yeah, actually he's not that. I mean that's war, but he doesn't at all. He's just like tired. Uh, yeah, um, that's true. He's just like sick of it. He's like over it. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's like I can't do this anymore. Just get, just get out. Just get yeah, out of here. Yeah. So then, which is understandable. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I mean, but the fact he doesn't even have the energy to be angry, like, to to yell at him is, like, amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's sad. Yeah. Uh, so then I think it's the day after, and Jan is still in the same place in the house. He's just, like, lying down now with, like, discarded f- food uh, containers around him. Uh, and Tom comes in to tell him, like, really excited that, oh, uh, Caroline is pregnant, you're going to be an uncle. And then... It gives him an aftershave and a homophobic joke, I guess. Yep, Again, those this classic character. presents. Yeah. 
<laughs> I always want a homophobic joke with my presence. For sure, for sure. Yeah. But then he makes to leave again, uh, like right away, but then he can see that how upset Jan is. And it's like, oh, what's it about the office, Dave? Uh, which was what the present was. Uh, but then Jan just blows up at him, like, for fuck's sake, can't you see what's going on here? And tells him about the affair in like, pretty explicit terms. Uh, and Tom runs off and comes home to her, uh, Carolina and uh, the kid uh, eating dinner and uh, like just starts knocking things off the table in anger. And it's like, I feel bad for the child here. Yeah, me too. I was like, man, not in front of the kid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he always, like, like his mo- mother is implied to be an alcoholic. Like, his biological mother is implied to be an alcoholic. And it's even yeah. made explicit that he's not had an easy time of it. And it's like, okay, you're adding, like, all of this on top of that. Like, mm. but he's also, not a great dad. Like, but also, it's like, Caroline is also so stupid because it's like... If you don't tell him about the affair, obviously he's going to find out about it in a worse way that's yeah, going to make yeah. everything worse. Yeah, for sure. Also because of how excited that uh, Jakob was about it, I feel like he wouldn't have agreed to just hide that he was the dad. Yeah, like, definitely. If she pretended that that it was uh, that it was Tom's child, like I don't think she he would have played along, along with it, really. She wasn't going to be able to hide it for long. No. But yeah, uh, we cut to uh, Jakob uh, talking about his co-worker about having been kicked out. And it's like, oh, you can't go back to your parents. But then, of course, he is back at his parents' place. Uh, and Caroline is also there because she was probably also kicked out. Uh, and Jakob's mom is just like super excited about the heterosexuality of it all, I guess. It's, it's, it's like, so funny. Oh, it's so funny. nice to have you here. And yeah, yeah. It's so funny how how they both move in with his parents yeah. <laughs> and how excited his parents are about it because like, yay, heterosexuality is so funny. Yeah. I mean, adultery is fine as long as it's heterosexual. Exactly. And like, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it also like showcases like the, like, I wouldn't say that, mm, I mean, casual homophobia isn't usually religious, but it is like sort of a double standard still, like which things you find more terrible. And here, like, like it's so long as it's straight, it's better that it or appears straight if you want to talk about bisexuality in that way. Uh, then, you know, so long as it appears that way, it's better than, you know, a homosexual relationship that isn't uh, full of messy shit i don't know yep exactly but yeah, i think i think one of the things i like about this movie is like how well it understands casual homophobia and i mean also i mean part of this is also just having watched a lot of media that's not from my own culture so this is obviously an expression of homophobia that i'm a lot more like that's a lot more familiar to me like this like way where it's not explicit and it's not going to be something you explicitly make a problem most of the time, but you can still tell that there's some tension there and you can still tell that people have certain opinions about it. Yeah, definitely. That's understandable. Yeah. Um, one one other... This is a kind of a random aside, but one other thing I feel the need to point out, just to acknowledge it, is yeah. like uh, when they're 
when they're splitting up their stuff, when Jakob is moving out, there's this like toy that they're kind of fighting oh, yeah. over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was this... actually going to comment on that as well. Yeah. <laughs> Super racist. <laughs> it's like a minstrel toy, basically. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like a like a caricature of a black person. Yeah. And it also also that was the very first shot of the movie. They like show this toy before the movie starts for some mysterious reason. The and director... then it shows back up in this scene where they're fighting over it. <laughs> The director's a black woman, so I think that's why. Oh, okay. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah, I just, from from an American perspective, that was kind of jarring. That... Yeah, yeah. I, I actually thought about that. Like, should I mention something about this? <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, that sort of thing would just not go, like, casually uncommented on if it showed <laughs> up in an American movie. <laughs> no. I mean, the joke here is also about them being banned, which... Yeah, which makes them rare, which is part of why they're fighting over it. But also, yeah. like, they're banned for a good reason. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I think I think that's part of, like, the Danish satire culture, to not be afraid to include that stuff in, in, in comedy. But I don't think there's, like, any sharp point made about it here. It just sort of appears randomly. Yeah, that's what it just shows up once and then they don't talk about it again. It's just... But, by the way, that's another reason you know he's uh, his, uh, from a wealthy family. Is is that like, oh, all yeah. his heirlooms, you know? That he does say he inherited it from his grandpa, so that exactly. makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. I just I just felt the need to say yikes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean I also I mean I think again, Danish culture is just very direct and doesn't want to censor anything, even things that maybe should be censored. Uh yeah. But also yeah. but also uh like obviously the history is very different here. Like there are a very like even today there aren't that many black people in Denmark, and certainly there wasn't in the past. So it's not it's not to say that it isn't still super racist, but just like the um, visceral reaction is going to be different. Yeah, definitely. That's why yeah. I think it that sort of thing. I get the impression that that sort of thing, like even outside of Denmark just feels like it's more common to show up and be casually referenced yeah, and exactly. stuff in European things in general compared yeah. to American things. Yeah, but that's a very different sensibility around it. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but still, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, moving on. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's his parents' place, but then we get to the scene that you were talking about, about them, uh, uh, about... Uh, Jakob packing up his things. It's Jan's birthday. We have this little uh, Danish flag on the on the table, which is something we do for birthdays. Uh, I think I I don't know if, if I mean I would guess it seems sort of nationalistic, out of context, but it's not really considered a nationalistic thing in context. Yeah, I noticed. Like I noticed the Danish flags on the Christmas tree as well, which is something you've mentioned to me before. Oh, that, right. uh, you guys do to decorate. I mean, my family yeah. has never really done it, but it's like sort of an oh, old-fashioned yeah. thing. But it is like it is a thing. Uh, but especially for birthdays, it's like just a symbol of celebration. Um, so like uh, even like every like even when I like like said something about my birthday, I would usually like put the Danish flag behind it or whatever, on like an emoji or whatever. I think that's a really interesting like way to use your flag. <laughs> I think of. Well, I think of America as being like ultra nationalistic, which it is in a lot of ways. And people are really obsessed with the flag and stuff, but not 
in like that sort of casual way. Yeah, it's very decontextualized. Yeah, it's when you use the American flag for celebrations, it's because whatever you're celebrating is America in some way or other. We just happen to have a lot of nationalistic holidays, but like you wouldn't use it for Christmas or your birthday because like what? Well, that's not America. So that that is kind. I think that's interesting that you use them in that more sort of disconnected, casual context. Yeah, because it's not in, it's not considered a nationalistic thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would guess part of the reason is because it's so old. It's one of the oldest flags still in use. Uh, so maybe like Foo having been used for that long, it's not really seen. It's not really that closely identified with the national identity itself. But yeah, that would make sense. Uh, That's interesting. Yeah, but he has this flag on the table, and he like puts it down on half mast to symbolize uh, mourning. I don't know if you do that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a thing we do. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, <laughs> just this little flag, just putting it down at half mast. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he comments about like the, this being a shit birthday, and it's like Jacob's like packing his things, and like he tries like sort of half heartedly to like drag the flag up again and be like happy birthday but Jan is just, still just like upset um but yeah then then uh i also thought it was funny that like this this uh, mom friend is just randomly there we haven't even seen her throughout this conversation but then she shows, shows up like oh are you okay should i make some food for you <laughs> yeah she's just uh, helping out with the yeah, move i guess yeah um yeah, I mean, at the at the uh, reception earlier, they also mentioned that she's been she'd been there since the like early afternoon. So I think she's just everyone's mom in this group of friends. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty wholesome. Um, she seems yeah, nice. Yeah, I'm not sure if she's supposed. I think she's supposed to be bisexual, but it's not really commented on. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Because we do see, we do see her like dance, like be excited to dance with a woman, but then we also see her be excited to, uh, like about a man later in the movie. So, I would guess. But yeah. Well, then not... there's well then there's one positive depiction of a maybe bisexual person <laughs> yeah, yeah, in this uh, film. Uh, maybe is <laughs> you know the problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's also the interesting part because this movie never mentions the word bisexual, and also it never, it never actually, uh, no one has ever. It's not true, but. No one is ever explicitly like, oh, what's your sexuality then if you're sleeping with a woman? That's true. They don't really ever talk it out that directly. Yeah. Like, no it's... one is that confused about it, actually. Yeah, it's it a seems more fluid kind of... approach than your sense of I think. That's true. It does seem like kind of an unspoken thing in some scenes where yeah. some people seem to be like, oh, has he actually been straight all along? But they don't, like, say that. Yeah. It's just kind of imp- in the air, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, but he's, yeah, they... he's, he's packing up his things. And sorry, did you want to say something more? No, I was just gonna say, yeah, they don't talk about it directly. So no, yeah. But yeah, they're, he's packing up his things, and then uh, Adrian Pelle uh, come in, being like, "Oh, we didn't want to be alone." Uh, and they're actually the ones who find this, like, uh, what do they call it, like, uh, minstrel figure. Um, and tells him like, "Oh, you shouldn't let him have this. You shouldn't uh, like these are so you can 
earn so much money selling this since they since it's banned or whatever. Uh, and you know, trying very hard to make Jørn be unreasonable because he's like the wrong party, so he's allowed to be unreasonable. But Jan doesn't really want to be unreasonable. He's just like, well, it's it belongs to his grandfather, so he's getting it. Again, yep. it's like he's yep. more tired than angry at this point. Yeah, like all of his friends clearly want him to get really angry and throw a fit and yeah, like be kind of an asshole about this whole thing. But which like to some extent, maybe he would have a right to be, mm. but he just is not. He doesn't want to engage with it on that exactly, level. Exactly, exactly. I think some of it is like, it's. I think it's easier for him not to give into his emotions to that extent. I think it's part of it. Yeah, and it's like it's like what we were talking about earlier with the way he tends to deflect things with jokes is he mm. just kind of is avoidant towards conflict in general. Yeah. So he's like, okay, there's this big problem. There's this big conflict happening right here and I just don't want to engage with it. Yeah. Is his reaction to that? He wants to pull away from that. Yeah. He doesn't want to like dive in and have the fight. He wants to just push it all aside and not have to bother with it. Yeah, because then it's easier for him to deal with emotionally. So Jakob's co-worker shows up with another like way too young girl uh, and uh, tells Jakob there's a problem with the moving van and then the mom friend has finished with the food and then suddenly uh, the living room is full of all these people, this whole friend group uh, and everyone is like gossiping and talking about the problems like uh, one of the lesbians is flirting with the 18-year-old. Uh, Felix is complaining about Sailor standing him up. Uh, Pelle is say, telling Jan about this fence they built to keep their cats from getting run down. Uh, and then uh, like, uh, the co-worker starts mocking them for, for using this much money on like, the cats and makes a joke about how euthanizing them would have been uh, cheaper. Which I think is another cultural difference. I think jokes like that are a lot more common. I would say. like, I don't know. Yeah, that if uh, a friend of mine started joking about that sort of thing, I would be very angry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think people are angry, but I also think it's. I mean, I think it's a more common thing to hear, maybe. And I, like, not that people aren't upset, but I feel like it's more common for people to go there. I don't know. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. I definitely have known people you know, growing up here who have said stuff like that, but usually not. No, I was going to say usually not that casually, but that's a lie. <laughs> maybe <laughs> yeah. It's maybe seen as more childish here. Like yeah, you'd expect the... more like, like dumb teen boys to be like joking about shooting cats and stuff, especially in like a rural area, like where yeah. I grew up. I mean, but... the joke here is definitely more on them for using that much money on their cats, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I think the pet culture is different, um, but it's also pretty funny because then he brings up to like to add to his point about euthanizing the cats, or whatever. That uh, Adrian is allergic, and then Pelle and Adrian get into this argument about him never having told him about his cat allergy, and it's yeah. super funny. Uh, that is pretty funny. But then the whole like the whole table just erupts in in arguments and conversation until Jan shouts them all down. And it's like. I'm grieving. Can you leave me alone? Like I'm, I feel really bad. Like the love of my life is leaving me, and I'm in a life crisis. And it's all very moving until this 18-year-old is like, 
wait a minute. Are you gay? <laughs> Which, again, is pretty funny to that me. That bit was so funny. That bit was very funny. Like this whole emotional moment. And then there's like this clueless teenager. Wait, you guys are gay? Yeah. yeah very funny. And then again, this the straight guy shows like he, one of his like empathetic moments. is like, like, okay, you're leaving. This, no, what are you doing? And just like gets out of there uh, and makes fun of her. Uh, but then Jörn asks like him to leave and asks everyone to leave. And uh, even in the end also asks his best friend, uh, Frederik, to leave. Uh, and then there's a scene I'm not completely sure is if it's if it's like a literal scene or not, um, where Jörn and Jakob dance like really sadly with each other, like to, to music just playing and until it cuts to, to like Jakob, uh, no, sorry, Jörn asking Jakob to leave. And I feel I, like I, that seemed like a literal scene to you. It is, it's a weird scene, but I feel like I could see it being literal just yeah. because like, what we know of Jakob's personality and stuff that if Jorgen was prob like had asked like can we have one final dance before you leave like Jakob would have gone along with it yeah until Jorgen was like okay leave now goodbye like Jorgen <laughs> is still the one who's like okay bye go leave now yeah 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 but yeah I, that whole scene is very funny to me especially when the the fuck boy like you know kicks the girl out and it's like aha I've I've solved this problem now and then Jorgen is like no you also leave yeah also leave. you leave too yeah, yeah. also like Ethan and Pella like being like yeah you straight boy you leave and then he's like oh actually you no. too yeah exactly that every new person is like yeah you kick those other people out and he's like no you also leave yeah I want, to I want you alone. all how high is this all of you go away <laughs> Yeah, they're like, oh, we don't want him to be alone on his birthday. It's like, I want to be alone on my birthday. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But yeah, uh, then we have the gay students show up at uh, Jan's place, like, uh, said something he got thrown out. And then, like, at first, it's all him, oh, I said I wanted to go on that school ship you mentioned. It's like, that's not why you're thrown out. Like, well, I, I also told them that I was gay. I was like, okay, whatever. You can stay. It's like annoyed. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's he's you know clearly he's gonna be supportive of a young gay guy who just got kicked out of his house, but he also is like pretty annoyed by it. He's like, uh, I can't I deal, to with deal with this now. This. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> this annoying teenager in my home. So much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and again, we see a bit of time passing, Jan going about his life being an architect. Uh, yeah, and this whole subplot does like the, 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 like, I guess, ex gang member priest or whatever, like, uh, and an alcoholic who's the, the angry about Brussels. And yeah. Yeah, so those, are, a bit of, those uh, are the. Bit of stuff at that. Those are the people who are upset that they're building a mosque. They're just the weird side characters that are just there for mosque discourse. <laughs> and it's not like you even get that much into the mosque discourse. It's more like, like pointing vaguely in the direction of the mosque discourse and being like, these people are weird. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But uh, Jan uh, goes to, to uh, no, sorry, Jakob goes to Jan's place. It's annoying that the, both of their name starts with an J because yeah. I mixed them up. <laughs> it's hard to keep them keep track. <laughs> yeah. 
And I can't, like, the problem, actually, uh, uh, Jacob's co-worker is called Mass, but if I said Mass, then I would be confused about whether I meant the character Mass or the actor Mass, so. I noticed that, too. That seems like a weird choice to have named the character that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Mass Mikkelsen wasn't that famous at the time, I guess. Still. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he goes over to, to uh, Jan's place, like the place that they used to build Nef, uh, and they sort of have like a moment uh, until this like gay kid show up in the background only wearing a towel, and Jacob clearly thinks Jan slept with him. And it's just like gets really cold and like just like, here's the key and leaves. Yeah. Um, like, like it definitely feels like Jakob kind of went there partially to almost try to fix the relationship. Like that was maybe... Yeah. his goal but yeah, then maybe... yeah seeing that guy there he was like oh never mind i yeah. gotta go yeah and, and john is really upset him and like like don't want to go right around naked out here going to yourself like not naked but you know what i mean yeah uh, yeah so then uh... Again, it's funny because i think i did get the impression at least early on that it kind of seems like this kid maybe has a crush on jürgen mm. but jürgen has not been interested at any point and no, is just no. annoyed at him being present. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely, he does, like, there's a lot of characters in this movie who wants to sleep with 18-year-olds. He's not one of them. Jorgen is not one of them. <laughs> Which is a good thing, considering that he works at an institution with yes, teenagers. Yes, for sure. So. <laughs> that would not be okay on any level. <laughs> yeah. Actually, like uh, earlier in, in the movie, uh, uh, Jakob makes a comment uh, when he, he shows up at Jan's place of work uh, and sees this kid, uh, makes a comment about his, him having a good ass as he leaves, which also yeah. seems a bit inappropriate. For sure. Yeah. But yeah, Jorgen never showed any interest in any of that. He's just... <laughs> Yeah, he's just like, yeah, I'm not gonna make, I'm not gonna kick you out on the streets, but please stop running around in a towel. Like he's just yeah. annoyed. Yeah, it's like this fucking kid living in a house. I can't catch a break. Yeah, yeah. He's a very relatable character, honestly. He is, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and uh, Jakob is then having uh, dinner with uh, his parents and with Caroline when uh, Tom shows up, like yelling at Caroline about like. What the fuck do you think you're doing? Come back home with me. Oscar misses you. What are you doing here? And Jakob sort of tries to begin to intervene. And then Tom throws some pretty intense slurs his way. Yeah, uh, it's rough. Yeah. Like, I think one of them is like, like it's, I mean, hmm. I mean, culturally slurs in Danish are not nearly as big of a thing as in English. Uh, it's not something you would censor really, and it's not something that that many people have a visual reaction to. I would, I mean, I'm ge- overgeneralizing, obviously, and also, you know, I'm not someone who's been yelled at with these slurs that much, so it's not something. But there's a different cultural context. But the, like some of the like one of the words he uses here. Uh, uh, basically, the Danish word for swine. If you put that at the end of something, it Ooh. becomes a pretty bad slur. Like the worst yeah, slur for for a Jewish person or for a, a Muslim person includes that word, and that's also the word he uses, like gay swine, basically. Uh, but in this context, the word would not be gay, right? Even though the same word can also just mean the linguistic stuff. 
But anyway, it's yeah. a pretty bad story she's throwing out there. And it's like your yeah. brother is gay, get it together. Like, Honestly. It's even like, 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 I hope you have an abortion so you won't give gay, uh, birth to it, like a gay kid. Uh, which again, in context, he's not just saying gay. Yeah. 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 Not but also, great. I also think like this sort of homophobia where you're okay with your gay family member, but you're also not afraid of like weaponizing homophobia against people you don't like is also a version of it that seems more familiar to me. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, because again, I think this is this whole culture of like allowing people to live the lives they want to live, uh, but also that also includes like allowing people to hold the opinions they want to hold which i mean of course generally is a good idea but it also makes it sort of difficult to address this kind of bigotry i guess for sure uh so, so it's a very different kind of uh culture of bigotry than in the american one i would say yeah that makes sense to me yeah uh but yeah he's just yelling out this horrible stuff and and Kaolini, like coaxes him out into the hallway and make gets him to leave and obviously she's like really upset uh at the like the parents this whole time has just been uh shocked and uh, you know uh but then once Kaolini leaves uh the only thing the mother is interested in is that she now knows that Kaolini is pregnant with Jakob's child which means she will get a grandkid and that's the only thing she cares yeah. about. It's so funny because, again, the she doesn't care about this affair or the drama or the slurs or, like, any. It's just like, oh, I'm going to have a grandkid. <laughs> How great. Yeah. Yeah. As long, I... as long as I get to have this, like, uh, yeah, this heterosexual family ideal, everything else is fine. I think a lot of people would relate to to that kind of parental relationship, I would say, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Jakob goes up after her to try to um, like calm her down. Uh, and like she's like packing her things, like oh, I have to go bad. That's actually people who need me. Like Tom and uh, this kid uh, needs me, and. Jakob tries to be like, oh, I also need you. He doesn't. Uh, but he does uh, eventually convince her to stay by uh, pr- pr- proposing marriage, which would seems like a, a weird thing uh, to do at that moment, but it works, apparently. Yeah, and again, it just this also reads to me as him just not being willing to give things up. Like, yeah. just trying desperately to keep her. Like, I don't think he actually ever wanted to marry her. It was just the only thing he could think of yeah, that would get her to stay. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just to make her stay. I mean, like, also, Kaolini clearly isn't that excited about it either. Like, uh, Yeah, neither of them were that into it. No. It's like, okay, I guess we're doing this now. Uh, she's talking to her friend from earlier and, you know... Clearly trying to justify why they're getting married more so to herself than to her friend who's just like distracted. For uh, sure. And, you know, uh, over at Tom's, his uh, ex, uh, the kid's uh, biological mom comes over. 
like he doesn't want her to come in at first. Uh, like it seems like she's trying to comfort him because, uh, like, uh, because of the affair. She maybe heard about that as well. Uh, she comes yeah. in with some cake and like spends time with her kid as well. Uh, and Tom then makes some comment about how he has to leave because of the air traffic, and this is like. Maybe air traffic isn't the most important thing in the world. And this is apparently very profound for him. He has apparently never thought about the fact that air traffic isn't the most important thing in the world before. Yep. This is a, this is a revelation to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now we get into the part where the movie cuts back and forth between uh, Jakob and Caroline getting married in this big pretty church i wonder i don't know which church it is i kind of wondered about that but i don't recognize it but uh between this and then between the gay bar uh Felix, uh works at where uh, all of like the whole friend group is trying to make uh, jan feel better and hyping him up from his for his like trip he's now taking to paris on his own he's going to be there for some months uh from what it sounds like uh they're talking about like giving, getting him on a taxi, but then uh, they find out that all the taxis are on strike. Uh, so they start like, oh, how will I get there in time? Uh, and the mom friend is like, oh, I might know someone with a car nearby. And this is also pretty funny because today this would not be a problem at all. Like there's a, a metro, uh, like a city train that goes out there really fast nowadays, but not back then. No. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's nice that it's there now, though. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I remember as a kid, we sometimes took the taxi out there before, like the the train went the whole way out there. But that back then, there wouldn't be a, a train any of the way out there. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, back at the ceremony, the, the priest is going on like the usual stuff. Uh, but then Jakob starts to freeze up at at the like the whole, will you take this woman, whatever. Uh, and he sort of like just looks at her and you know whispers that he loves her and then she's like yeah and smiles like yeah I know we're not doing this it's fine we'll figure it out and then he just runs off and his yep. mom starts crying and his friend is like you're amazing I love you <laughs> but of course has and, to know homo it <laughs> and Carolyn like gives him the bridal bouquet too yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just like here, take this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's super on board with him doing this. Yeah, she like I said, she was not that on board with the marriage, so yeah, I think no. she's <laughs> like she's just relieved. happy to get out of it. Yeah. <laughs> but over at the bar, uh, the mo- like mom friends, uh, friend shows up with the car, and everyone is in awe of him. I think the actor here used to be a model or something, uh, and they drive Jan out to the airport. Meanwhile, uh, Jakob and his co-worker uh, driving around his really shitty car and he's talking about how, oh, I didn't need to buy this new thing. I just repaired this thing and it's totally fine. It's not. Uh, and they finally get over to, to, to Jan's place where Jakob then runs into this gay kid who's just living there still. Uh, and he's, he's, he's renting the apartment while uh, Jorgen is in Paris is the impression I got that... <sighs> Yeah, the kid is the kid is like subletting basically. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm just wondering how he has the money to do that, but 
I don't know. That's just I what mean, they seem to say was going on. Yeah, yeah. He is. He does say that he's renting out the apartment, and he is the only one there. So that would. Yeah, you're probably right. Anyway, he's like, <laughs> it's pretty funny because he made that comment about his ass earlier, but then he's like, the moment he sees it, it's like gross. Yeah. <laughs> um, because he's like walking around in it, like without a top on again. Um, and he asks him where Jorn uh, went, and he's like very, again, the whole teenager thing where none of the teenage characters in this movie knows how to talk. So it just like, it threatens him to get him to say things uh, faster. And then, you know, before he leaves, he just like body shames him about his teeth or something. I don't know, it's a whole scene. Yeah, it tells him to get braces. Yeah. <laughs> just, you don't need to be that mean to the kid. No, Come on. he'll figure it out. <laughs> Yeah. It's those awkward years, man. Honestly. Yeah. But he gets back down to, to the car. Uh, and of course, this uh, co-worker of his has like, just immediately fuck boy on. He's like flirting with some girl. But uh, they try to get the car to, to drive again. And it doesn't. It's a shit car. So they go and try to find a, a taxi. And this is one of my favorite scenes. They get into the taxi and uh, the taxi driver is like, there's a strike. They're like, oh, I can give you uh, 500 krona. It's like, do you think I'm a scab? Get out of here. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. Yeah, <laughs> I really love that scene. <laughs> that is definitely one thing, again, that wouldn't show up in an American movie. Uh, is... A scab joke or a strike? <laughs> Both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least not in this type of movie. Yeah, exactly. Not just casually as a background thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think strikes are, are pretty common. Yeah. So, like, sometimes they say, like, oh, these were striking. Okay, I guess we can't do this today. Yeah. That's, yeah. It definitely seems like Denmark has a much more robust culture of... Uh, worker organization oh for sure for sure it's a big thing here uh, it's been very systemically dismantled for the oh, last yeah. century here yeah <laughs> i mean actually denmark doesn't even have a minimum wage officially like by law it just has some like most places are organized uh have an organized workforce and the union are the ones deciding on the minimum wage yeah 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 so that's, you know, that's why I'm off this stuff. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. But they're running around Copenhagen because they can't find, a, you know, a taxi. And they're just pretty far from the airport. Uh, but then they run past this police officer uh, riding around on a horse. Uh, and the, the co-worker makes some comment that makes uh, Jakob realize that, hey, I can ride a horse. So then he just steals a horse from a police officer. <laughs> This is my favorite part of <laughs> <laughs> this whole sequence is delightful to me. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like awkwardly trying to be like, well, I can't really explain that, but I really need a horse. It's like, what? The f I'm not going to give you my horse. And it's just like, well, then I'm taking it. Just like drags yep. her down from the horse, rides off, and then like she starts putting chains on the co-worker and just like makes some joke about bondage. Um, yeah, yeah. Which is a much better fuckboy moment for him than yeah, bringing eighteen-year-old girls everywhere. At least, at least the cop lady is age appropriate for him. Yeah, 
<laughs> and she has all the power in that situation anyway. So yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. but yeah, he he rides off. Uh, yeah, he gets he gets to the airport. I was trying to actually see if I could recognize the places he's riding through. Most of it is like the places I could recognize are pretty far from the airport, but you could argue that he has that. That's also just like where he starts out, I guess. Uh, yeah, most of it is pretty obscure. But yeah, then he arrives at, at Copenhagen Airport, and uh, you can tell this movie was like actually like it came out in two thousand one, and it, but it, it was clearly clearly written before nine eleven with the whole yeah ap- airport yeah. situation. It's it's always obvious when a rom com was pre or post nine eleven with yeah. what they can do with airport scenes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I actually looked it up, and it came out like a month afterwards. Yeah, but so, it would have been made beforehand exactly, exactly. if it came out a month afterwards. Exactly. Yeah, and you can definitely tell because he just like runs up to to the boarding uh, area, and at this same. Um, the same woman who was there earlier, uh, who's talking sweet in this movie, by the way. I don't know if you can recognize the difference between Danish and Swedish, but this, uh, she's oh. Swedish. I uh, did not notice. That is interesting. <laughs> I mean, often Danish movies just have like one token Swedish character. That's funny. Yeah. I. It might be something about getting certain kinds of funding from like Scandinavian things. Uh. I don't know. But well, as the as the token Swede on this podcast, that uh, <laughs> feels <some> kinship towards <laughs> uh, for, for those listeners who don't know, I have Swedish ancestry, so that's why I'm joking yeah. that I'm the token Swede. Oh yeah, you might even like even when they mentioned uh, Lund, you must be like, that's half my last name. Exactly. Yeah, it's <laughs> I was a, like, I know that yeah. suffix. <laughs> <laughs> it's a university <laughs> town uh, in Southern Sweden. Um, but yeah, he arrives uh, and he starts like rambling to this airport lady about, oh, I, I like the man I love is on that plane and he doesn't know that I love him. Can I please speak with him? And it's all like very, you know, awkward and warm coming and he's like trying to get sentences out and he's constantly messing up uh, how he's talking. Yep. And eventually she's like, okay, I, I'll give you the line to the to the uh, pilot, but the f- plane has actually already bo- uh, already uh, taken off, so it's going to be hard. Uh, but yeah, he, he he gets this phone question mark up to the to the uh, pilot, and starts again talking about how much he loves this man, and oh, you have to bring the plane down, and uh, you know love and uh, yep. then he, he disconnects and he thinks that oh no this is the darkest moment the plane are not, is not coming down and he goes away to sit sadly in the corner uh, I get the impression that the like the ticket taker lady was more willing to help him out because she recognized him from mm, yeah. the previous time they came to the airport yeah but she also, yeah, just seems sympathetic because, like, oh, it's about love. Go yeah, she seems really in error. Yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, this is so romantic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but then, of course, the plane does uh, fly down. I don't know what you call that. It lands. 
And yeah, which which is so ridiculous. That would never happen. Yeah. I mean, it is revealed that the pilot was Tom, which makes yep. it somewhat yeah. less ridiculous, but still he would get in trouble for that, I feel. <laughs> yeah, for sure. When when that was revealed, I was like, Oh, okay. Oh now thank it God. Makes some sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like but also, yeah, he would be fired for that. I assume he would lose his job. That's you're not supposed to you don't just land a plane again after you've taken off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unless it's like a severe emergency. Yeah. And he's even yeah. like, Oh, it's just a minor thing. Yeah. Yeah. But then uh Jakob boards the plane, and uh, again, I don't think this is how it would happen. I think like the person he wanted to talk to would be asked to leave the plane. Yeah, because uh, he, he doesn't have a ticket plane. to get on the plane. Yeah, and uh, f- finds him and sits next to him and like lays the, the uh, bright flower thing B- bucket bouquet. bouquet bouquet. Thank you. Bucket is yes. not bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, he lays that down, like, like I feel like he's still saying, like, oh, I choose you to be the one I'm marrying. Yeah, that does seem like the implication. Yeah, so, like, he asks him to leave with him, and they get up, and, you know, they kiss in the cabin as, like, a contrast to when he wouldn't kiss him on the train earlier. Like, you know, now he's okay with, with being affectionate in public, I guess. Yeah, uh, it's it's... It kind of works because, like, a lot of rom-coms will do that, like, big public confession thing, Mm. which, you know, kind of is just a trope in that genre. But here it actually has, I think, more significant meaning to the story and the characters because uh, Jakob has been so unwilling to show his affection in public ever so this whole public confession of being like oh i'm in love with this man and i need to go find him and then kissing him in public and stuff all this stuff is like okay he's finally actually fully on board exactly with this yeah. relationship yeah you and, know yeah and and th- th- what this relationship means for his life going forward exactly yeah, yeah. because uh, like you also have like some random man on the plane like it's shouting some vague slur at them uh, yep. and they just don't react they're just like whatever uh, yeah it doesn't matter to them anymore yeah it's it's also at this point i think after the kiss and after they get off the plane that it's finally revealed that the pilot was tom yeah exactly and i just have to say in my in my notes all i wrote was ha 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 the pilot <laughs> <laughs> It feels like there's suddenly a reason for the whole movie to have been going on so on so fucking much about him being a pilot. It's to set exactly. up this moment. It's to justify this moment. It 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 all it all pays off here. Like it, <laughs> it's it's delightful. It's like yeah. oh, this was the purpose of everything. <laughs> It feels like the like the, uh, the directors and writers and just like saw all the rom coms with like airport shenanigans and were like, how do we justify this? We have a fucking pilot in this story. Okay. It it was a smart move. I gotta hand it to yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I way more buy it now that he's involved. I guess. Exactly. Before that, I was like, no fucking way. And, yeah. then, when he, and then when he was there, I was like, oh. <laughs> I <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, I see what was going on here. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yeah, we caught to Caroline like wandering around in the 
She's running around in the bike lane, which upsets me because everyone would be fucking driving into her. Uh, but yeah, she's you, walking. You shouldn't. You shouldn't walk in a bike lane. You should not. You will be driven down, especially in central Copenhagen, which is where she is. Uh, Makes sense. But yeah, she's like trying to hitchhike uh, in her like like in her wedding dress that she's like crumbled up a bit so she can walk around. Uh, and then Tom turns up in his car and is like, uh, you know, pretending that he's just some random guy, and she's like, oh, can I? get a lift and has, it then drops the, the act when she's inside like oh aren't you at work and then there are more important things than air traffic he's finally learned his lesson amazing this is another thing that makes me think that maybe he did lose his job or just straight up quit though that's true yeah because he was supposed to be flying that plane to Paris right now but exactly <laughs> exactly so Something must have happened. Either he's just fucking left, or he was fired he just, on the spot. Yeah, exactly. One of those. <laughs> yeah. I feel like he was have just left, because I feel like they would not just fire him on the spot, because they need someone to fly that plane to Paris. Like, uh. But they probably they probably will fire him, since yeah, he, he just left. <laughs> exactly. So, like, either way. <laughs> yeah. But there's more important things. Yeah. Is than what he's traffic. learned. Yeah. Yeah, an important thing to learn. Yeah, I yes. think we, I, a, a lesson I think we all can relate to. Exactly, it's something we all have to learn at some point in our lives. Mm. But yeah, we at the end of the movie, so Jakob and Jana just like riding off on on the horse that apparently is still there after Jakob left it at the airport entrance. Yeah, uh, and then like they're riding on the beach and music is playing. This song is also in Swedish, by the way. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah. It's always, always interesting to me if people can hear the difference at all. <laughs> I probably could if I watched more movies in yeah. Danish and Swedish, but yeah. I, my ear isn't trained for Except, it yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes total like, there's sense. A lot of, there's a lot of languages that I don't know that I can differentiate, mm. but I, I just haven't listened to enough, I think, uh, Scandinavian languages to be able to differentiate between them yet. Yeah, that makes total sense. But yeah, I thought this scene with them on the horse was cute. Yeah, it's cute. It is a bit like, why does Jan suddenly believe that he'll actually keep his promise when he's made this promise several times throughout the movie and kept cheating on him? Like, why is this this the moment that he's, well, whatever, it's fine? Yeah, the the only big difference would be that Jakob did this whole thing publicly when he wouldn't do that that's previously. Yeah. That's the one like change. But yeah, I do have in my notes, I was like, I'm not sure how well that reconciliation was earned. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah it's like it's a movie that has a happy ending that doesn't necessarily feel like it's earned. It's not super well justified. No. But, yeah, <laughs> but I guess it's still nice. In the end credits, we actually see that uh, Kalnir does have this, uh, like this kid. She, she, uh, that Jakob is the the biological dad of, and it seems like they're doing a whole co-parenting thing, which seems like it would be awkward. Yeah, it just, involved, it just, but, I mean, it just seems. Yeah, it seems like they're just like all one big family now, basically. Yeah. Which yeah has its pros and cons, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, oh, and, and actually, this made me laugh. Like Adrian and Pelle, uh, who found out that like one of them was allergic to cats, now has a dog instead of a cat. 
So Oh, I didn't notice that. That's a nice detail. Yeah. I did I did notice the there's also a picture of the fuck boy with the with the cop lady. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think everyone like learned to stop doing the shitty things they were doing. Like Yeah. Jakob and Jan resolved the issues like by Jakob like finding out that he doesn't need to have a normative relationship to be happy. Uh, yep. uh, Tom and uh, uh, Caroline, uh, their relationship was resolved by Tom figuring out that traffic isn't the only important thing in the world. Uh, the two other gay guys have a dog instead of a cat now. And the fuckboy is no longer going after 18-year-olds. He's now with a cop lady who will dom him, I guess. I guess. <laughs> But yeah, everyone learned some important life lessons. Except for the through. lesbians, actually. Yeah, well, they were fine anyway. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have, they, I mean, they, they were fine. They didn't have any problems, really. Except they maybe also hit on the young girls a little bit too much. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's also a running joke with one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just overall, I think, you know, it had some good moments. And I liked the ending of it. It was it was a little bit hard to watch, I think, especially on a first watch through yeah. because you're like, oh, this is all just really depressing and awful, <laughs> and I feel bad for everyone involved. Well, yeah, this is what, just a bad situation for everyone. Yeah, <laughs> just no one's no one's coming out of this well. It's just bad. Yeah. But but I yeah, like I said, there are still parts that I enjoyed. There's some good humor in there, and the the whole race to the airport on horseback was really fun <laughs> yeah yeah again it's it's a fun movie to me like and i'm and again i'm much much more generous about on it this way uh this time around I, I think maybe i'm just more like sensitive to the whole thing it's doing about Yago's relationship to his own sexuality this time around yeah Cause I, yeah because i feel like that's really the central conflict exactly but it's really downplayed when a lot of other stuff is like very sort of front and center and spoken mm. about mm. openly. So I could see how it like might be easier to miss because like I said before, I was saying that I think Mass Mickelson added a lot of layers to it that mm. wouldn't necessarily have obviously been there in the script. I think that's a lot of it. Like just through his acting, he adds a lot of depth to that character who otherwise yeah. could come across as just being very shallow and selfish, which he still kind of is, but like you kind of understand more why he's being so shallow and yeah, selfish. Yeah, yeah. He could just be a character you just like were annoyed with and nothing else. But now he's a character you're annoyed with, but also kind of want good things for in the end. Yeah, you also kind of feel bad for him a bit, you know? Yeah. Like, you could have a bit of sympathy for him. Yeah. I, again, I think Mass Mikkelsen is pretty good at doing these sort of pathetic characters, really. Not that he's yeah. that pathetic, but you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I want to see him do more comedy and international stuff, but then I also get that like, comedy is a lot, like, probably the hardest thing to do across uh, languages. That's true. I feel like he was in a comedy recently, but I haven't seen it. Hmm. Yeah, he was in the Danish uh, one called... recently. That's uh, nominated oh, that... for an Oscar. Ooh. Was an was another round a Danish movie? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not an international one then. But <laughs> no. that's the one that I, I really heard want of. to see I didn't that know one. much about it though. It's I really want to see that one. It's supposed to be really good. 
Yeah, people have said it's fun, but yeah, yeah I haven't seen it yet either, so I can't I can't speak much to it. Again, a lot of hype yeah. about uh, it being nominated for an Oscar for international movie, and the director being nominated for best director. Uh, so that's fun. Yeah, it was it was one of those movies that came out during quarantine, and it managed to come out like in that window of time where cinemas were actually open. So. Oh wow! Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, but that's a different movie. That's not this movie. Yeah, that is not this movie. Yeah. This movie also has drinking, but not as much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the central thesis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is just a normal amount of drinking in Danish culture, so. Yeah, yeah. Which is a lot of drinking. But also, <laughs> yeah. I, But also, I grew up in Mormon culture, which has no drinking. So, this, yeah. you know, this. It's different. It's it's different for sure. But but yeah, I thought it was really interesting. And it's... and some some bad gay rom-coms I can't can't even hold my attention. Mm. And I will say about this one that I did I was at least engaged with it. <laughs> oh, you get invested for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> even if it's for mostly sure. in being frustrated. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I kept having to pause it to be like, oh my gosh, why are they doing this? Yeah. But then I would play it. <laughs> yeah. It's remember- like, I know what they're about to do and it's terrible. Okay, yeah. fine, I'll watch it. <laughs> I remember the first time I watched it, I was like so upset that he went back to cheating after having been so upset about having been found out the first time. It's like, surely... He's Surely the rest of the movie stupid. is not about him keeping keeping on cheating. Nope, that's what it is. That's, that's what the it whole is. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> but he theoretically has learned his lesson at the end. So yeah, yeah. Because with the with the whole like again, the way I initially interpreted it was that uh. Again, if you if you take the metaphor uh, about the horses as the way you're supposed to read the movie, then it does fall into this. Well, he's just being greedy, and he needs to make a choice between being gay and being straight, and that's the whole thing. And he makes a choice, and then and that's good. Uh, but I do think the movie is more complex about it, and and does that, right. especially be- actually yeah. also because I noticed this time with the uh, credits uh, pictures showing that they come become this whole big family at the end where where they're co-parenting parenting this child. So in a way, he actually does get everything in the end. That's true, <laughs> but he also like at least manages to come be- to become more comfortable with himself. Yeah, hey, exactly. His- his main relationship is but, he, he overcomes his internalized homophobia a bit. Yeah, I mean, just what I meant was just like, if what if the metaphor you like, if the story you wanted to tell was about, you know, by people needing to make a choice, you would not have had the ending this movie had, I guess. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point because he kind of doesn't like he sort of does, but he also doesn't. <laughs> Yeah, because like again, the end credit shows that like they have this kid, which is part of what he really wanted. Uh, and and even when he runs away from the wedding to Carolyn, like the thing he says there is that he loves her. Yeah, yeah, before yeah. he leaves. Yeah, yeah. He's and still... she's like, I know, and we'll figure something out. But you go, but yeah, he doesn't like necessarily be like, oh, I don't love you after all. Yeah, he... yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. So. 
I mean, I definitely think it's something that has contributed to the way uh, people view bisexuality because obviously not everyone is going to like sit down and be really like analytical. Like, is this actually saying this when you have this yeah, message true. right off the gate that's like wanting both a female thing and a male thing makes you greedy and you need to make a choice. Like that's still, I mean, regardless of the complexity that you didn't bring to it, like uh, having that out of gate is just like unfortunate. Yeah, it's still a bad look. Yeah. Well, thank you for uh, sharing this movie with me. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> I did. I had fun watching it. Like, it's always interesting to see famous actors in, like, weird <laughs> old roles from before they became famous. Yeah. Like, if nothing else. Yeah. I don't even really feel, think about him that way because I saw so many movies I, with Mass Mikkelsen growing up. Like, he was just, like, that guy who was in a lot of Danish movies until suddenly he was like this famous person in the whole world it was weird yeah i'm sure that's still jarring to see yeah. him like that i mean but... also the whole thing where people are like oh he's so weird and i'm like he's not that weird he's just i mean he's just a danish dad yeah like, yeah that I, makes sense to me yeah I, I mean he i guess he is a little bit weird but most of people talking about how weird he is is just the cultural difference i feel like so yeah yeah well, uh, you know, it's been a while since we last recorded an episode. Are there any other movies you've watched between this and our last movie that you just want to shout out briefly? Or I have no memory of anything right now. <laughs> That's fair enough. It's the ADHD in my main. The... There's uh, one that I want to shout out real quick, or a couple that I know that just uh, became available on Amazon recently to, like... Uh, rent that i actually watched ages ago as part of like a film festival that i bought a streaming ticket to but there's one called breaking fast that's like a a ramadan gay rom-com mm. that has some really interesting elements to it and then another one called cowboys that's actually about a dad sort of kidnapping but also sort of just running away with his uh, trans boy son to like try to escape to Canada. Ooh, nice. And that I think is a really, it's a, it's like kind of simplistic the way it views trans issues. Cause it, mm. again, it is about a little kid. Uh, but I think it's really interesting in its portrayal of the like family dynamics and the dad who has um, bipolar disorder. Mm. Like I think the way that it portrays his struggles with that and with being a good dad and with trying to be there for his son and stuff is all really good and interesting. So I don't know. I recommend that film and nice. Yeah. That's, that's it from me. I just wanted to ask, um, uh, because I'm always interested in this stuff. Uh, if like you mentioned the, 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 the sex, like how direct the sexual stuff was, was there anything else that like culturally just seemed really weird to you? Oh, um, I guess, yeah, just the, the drinking and the, like, being really upfront about sex were the main things that stood out to me as being, like, very culturally different than what I'm familiar with. Yeah, that makes sense. I actually noticed that they, they kiss each other's cheeks a lot in this movie, which is oh, not yeah. really a thing. Yeah, I that... That I mean, stood out to me too, but... Yeah, I mean, I guess it could be like a, a thing in the gay scene at that point. I would guess that's what it is. 
because it's not a thing I've ever done in my life. Uh, also, I did just notice friends kissing each other on the lips more often than ever happens in the, in America. Yeah, I mean, I do that with people when I'm drunk, but it's not not outside of that, I guess. Yeah, mm. I feel like people don't even really do that so much when they're drunk here. But also, I don't go to a lot of parties where people drink anyway. So <laughs> yeah. Knows? But like for New yeah, Year's or something, it's also, I don't know, cute. Yeah. Also, I guess how often they were having parties at all. But then again, <laughs> that's not necessarily an American no, culture thing and more of pandemic. being a boring homebody thing. <laughs> I, I would also even, say a pandemic thing. <laughs> well, that's true. But even if it's not a pandemic, I don't really go to parties. <laughs> no, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, I don't go to parties with more than like 10 people. So, but I do. I, I do. Yeah. I don't go to parties with that many people. <laughs> I don't go to parties. Yeah. Also, actually, something that was... Uh, this is not uh, going to mean anything to anyone else, but uh, when uh, they're talk- when Mass Mikkelsen is talking to this uh, police officer, he uses the formal uh, you. Oh, which, okay. Which I don't think you would do today. So that's something that's actually changed in, within the last 20 years that has become even less common. Because I think that's the that's only place in the movie it's used. That is interesting. Yeah. Because I've never used yeah, it seriously with anyone, but he does use it in that that uh, scene. I always find it interesting, the differences between formal and informal use in other languages, since mm. uh, English doesn't have that at all. Yeah. Yeah, I find it interesting in Danish because it's so uncommon. It has become so stripped away from the language by how casual uh like the culture is like we don't really use surnames that much either even with like in businesses or whatever uh and we don't use like sir or ma'am or anything so it's just interesting seeing this this like this transition between when the formality was still in the language and now that is now it's like basically only if you're talking to a like an aristocrat i guess okay yeah, that makes sense. That's interesting. Yeah. But uh, I think apart from oh. that, we're, <laughs> we're pretty much yeah, done. We've, we've, we've pretty much talked it all out. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to, we haven't discussed at all what our next movie is going to be yet. So we'll have to have to figure that out. Yeah, we'll let you know. Uh, and thank you, as always, for listening to our podcast where we ramble a lot about movies <laughs> that we enjoy. Yes. And <laughs> it's been so long since we last recorded an episode. It's like, okay, what's the format? How do we sign off? Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Gaze Only Cinema. You can uh, leave us a review if you like our podcast. I hear that helps boost things for algorithms and whatnot. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Teddy underscore Stonehill. I write a goofy anime-esque lesbian web novel that you it's can check good. out. The links are there. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> I enjoy it. <laughs> it's it's fun, at least. I I will claim, I will make that claim about it at the very least. That different metrics for good. Fun is yes. a metric for good. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, and I'm and- at, uh, you can go to my wits website if you want to. Find me places, I guess. Uh, S-E-J-R.net. Okay. And uh, until next time, remember, there are more important things than air traffic. (laughs)
see you next time. See you. <laughs> Uh. We have decided it cannot be I'm not for him and he's not for me He can do what he wants and I'll do what I can But the both of us have got to get our man